Hey everyone, this is Wayne and this is the Green Pub Podcast. And if you're on my mailing list, and if you're not, why the heck aren't you? <laughs> Go sign up right now. It's called The Simple Heart. It's on Substack. But if you're on the mailing list, you know that there's some big changes afoot. I'm moving to San Francisco. I'm launching a new organization. I'm stepping back from pretty much all roles at DXE beyond being a defendant. And I'm trying something new. And what's new is connection. I think that there's something profoundly wrong with our society today with the amount of distrust and disconnection and dislocation so many people are going through. And I have some ideas for how we together can try to fix that. Um, but go check out the blog post and email I sent out a couple of days ago if you're curious about that. But I thought today's conversation would be a good antidote to some of the problems that I've described in that blog post, distrust, disinformation, loneliness, and isolation. Uh, because I haven't talked to anyone on this podcast before who's very serious about faith. And honestly, I was a little surprised to see that this is where the conversation went, because I originally wanted to have this conversation with Katie Cleary because she's a model, she's an entrepreneur, she's an amazing activist and a documentary maker who's about to come out with a very important documentary about the extinction of wildlife across this planet with some pretty incredible stories of adventures in Africa and Indonesia, trying to rescue animals that are going extinct. But instead, we end up talking about faith. Um, Katie is a very devout Christian, which I didn't know before this conversation. And while there was a time in my life where I was very anti-religion, I was a Richard Dawkins fan, I read The God Delusion, and I thought, yeah, atheism is the way to go. In the last five to 10 or so years of my life, I've revisited the impact and and importance of faith in human society. And I, I might not agree with Katie about the specifics. And, and obviously every religion has its own belief systems and they all often disagree and sometimes even fight. Where they all come together is a sense of purpose beyond ourselves. And I think that's crucial to living the good life and to saving the world. If we don't see that their perspectives, that their feelings, that their viewpoints different than our own, then we really can't overcome the world's problems. And you can call that a set of values. You can call that anada, which is what Buddhists like me call it, or you can call it God, which is what Christians call it. But to me, it's all the same. And I think you can learn a lot about what faith can do for people in times of crisis and times of difficulty from this conversation. But um, as usual, I think the conversation speaks for itself. So without further ado, here's Katie Cleary. Katie Cleary, it's been a while. How are you doing? Hey, good. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You know, I don't think, uh, I don't know if you remember the first time we met, but it was about five years ago, actually to the day. I, I think do it remember. was in March at the Sundance Film Festival. Yes. Um, Dan Fong and, and some other folks had asked you to come to Sundance and help us with this VR screening. Yeah. And, and um, my experience there was, you know, there's all these really beautiful, glamorous people and influential people. I think Lori David was there, mm -hmm. husband of Larry David, who's Curb Your Enthusiasm in Seinfeld. Yeah. She also made Inconvenient Truth. Al Gore actually came. I don't know if you saw him I that did day. see him. I was like, wow, yeah, I was Al shocked. Al Gore's here. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> and then you walk in, this glamorous model who's going to oh. be emceeing the event. And here I am, this like ragtag, dirty dude no, who's like, no didn't way. have a job, was sleeping on a couch at the time. No, like, get out. Doing all these like... <laughs> I think by that point, the industry had also already been accusing me of a terrorist. And I'm like, no. what the hell is going on? Why are these people here? And, <laughs> no. and that brings to my first question. I mean, you, you're such a sophisticated person. You've been a model, an actor. Mm -hmm. 
You've been to not just Sundance, but Cannes. You know, you've done a lot of tremendous things in your life. Oh, thank you. You've also some, done some things that I think from the mainstream seem, at a minimum, a little risky. <laughs> and then at a maximum, maybe even a little crazy. Like mm-hmm. running around with rangers in Africa trying to stop poachers. Yeah. Going to places like, I think, Indonesia. Indonesia. Right? To, yeah. To try and protect orangutans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like your life has transformed so much it from the, where it was, say, 20 years ago when yeah. you were a model on America's Top Model to today when you're fighting, I mean, frankly, putting your own body at risk potentially. So yeah. tell me about that transition. Why did you leave that beautiful, glamorous life <laughs> to run around in the forest? <laughs> to save animals, right? To save animals. That's Honestly, it. uh, it's my passion. It's my calling. Uh, it started when I was around 11 years old uh, hmm. with my mom in Chicago, and we would rescue animals. started from my own backyard, literally rescuing you know, raccoons and squirrels and birds that had fallen out of a nest and rehabilitating wow. them and then setting them free. Um, also kittens and puppies and then finding them good homes. So it really started when I was a young child. I always knew I was either going to be a veterinarian or a zoologist or hmm. work with animals in some capacity, especially wildlife. My passion has always been endangered species. Hmm. So I started in tiger conservation actually when I was really young, raising money for an organization um, when I found out there was only 5,000 tigers left in the wild. Mm. So, you know, I know. And and now there's what, um, only 2,500. So uh, the population has been literally split in half. So, you know, it takes me to this point where I always knew that I was going to be involved in animal welfare. I just didn't know to what capacity. So um, I I grew up in entertainment as well. So I started modeling and acting when I was 11 years old around that same time. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, okay, I told my mom, I said, you know, maybe I can use this platform to, and literally she's like, you were like 11 years old and you told me this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll never forget it, that you're going to use the platform to raise awareness for animals from the entertainment perspective. And I said, Mm. wow. And I saw it it was when the Humane Society Awards, the Genesis Awards was airing. And I saw all the people in entertainment at that award show. I said, I'm going to be at that, at award show one One day. day. Wow. And I'm going to try to save animals through the work that I'm going to be doing. And I was a a child, you know, and and here we are, you know, I'm 40 years old and, and, uh, you know, I made the transition, I would say when I was about 30, huh. you know, um, when I founded my organization, Peace for Animals and World yeah. Animal News and, and started producing the documentaries, um, it really, you know, that really Which transformed. Which is amazing, by the way. Tra- thank you. Thank you. Transformed um, the way I saw the world, really. You know, I thought this is an, a, a tremendous platform that more people should be using because mm-hmm. it does give you a voice and people do listen to you. And so, you know, and. Whether it's good or bad, as you as you know, you know some some people uh, don't necessarily use their voice to speak out. They use it for selfish reasons. So sure. I think that it, you know if it's almost like um, how would you say not expected, but it's like a if you're given something, you have to use it. I believe for the greater good. Sure. Like if you're given that platform and it's a blessing, I believe that it's a calling and a blessing um, to be given this passion for animals and to to save them, not only them but their environment. It, it, you know you have to do your your work on this planet yep. to be able to, you know, use that, use that as a, a for good. For sure. So, so yeah. it's interesting. So the animal stuff actually isn't really a change. It's like a journey home. It's a journey That's home. That's where you started because y- you were raised yeah. that way. Yeah. And it was Absolutely. your passion. And like yeah. the modeling and the acting is actually the change. The, <laughs> the yeah. departure from. Exactly. That's really fascinating. I did yeah. not know that about you. So yeah. what was it yeah. about your mom 
that led her to care so much about animals. She, like, she, she would, just she loved a, cats. She loved yeah, cats. yeah. So she would she give me lady. these. She, yeah, that was like yeah. the crazy cat lady, crazy animal lady. But um, <laughs> I, no, I hear you're a cat lady too. I'm a cat lady too. Again. Cat Not, ladies are the best ladies, for the record. Thank you. Anyone thank who actually you. knows cat ladies knows they're the best people in the world. <laughs> got I'm a little bit of a cat lady too. Okay, cool. Yeah. I got nine, nine, <laughs> nine, and two, but. yeah, and two dogs. But um, but yeah, no, she would give me these um these cat books growing huh. up, and it would be of all the different species of cats and lions and tigers and ocelots and clouded leopards and I'm like oh my gosh this is so ocelots they they actually look a little bit like a clouded leopard Um, they're found uh, in the Amazon and beautiful um, Asian leopard cats and I thought wow what a beautiful species like these species are just so intriguing and I thought we have to save them and Mm -hmm. that's how it all started yeah from big cats yeah and all these big cats are disappearing it's not just the tigers I know it's cheetahs and leopards and ocelots everything all over the world it's terrible I know Hundreds of thousands of species going extinct due to climate change, deforestation. Yep. And, um, exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think we started being aware of it when we were kids. I think we're the same age. I'm 40 years old. And 40, I, yeah. I cared a lot about these things, too. I used to get zoo books. Did you ever get zoo books? I don't know if I got those, but yeah. Like, I mean, I it's got like the, monthly oh. magazine, I think, from National Geographic for oh, kids. Oh, okay. I think I saw those. And every too. month there would be a different species. Yeah. And I saw those, I used too. to love bears and cats the most. Oh, yeah. There's something about great. the big predators i don't know why because actually i do know why because i was such a wimp and i was always getting pushed around so i thought no. if only i were a tiger or a bear then people would be nice to me because i could claw them but uh, well i hear never you. really worked oh, out didn't no. become a bear but wolves, you know wolves one are can good still too. dream um so was your was your mom like an animal rights person or was she just like a, a you know cat person? it's interesting she it, she was borderline it was because huh. i don't even know if she knew but she would tell me things that I I wasn't even aware of, even like the veal industry. She huh. she had brought really? it up to my grandmother, and we're Italian Italian Irish, so I grew sure. up on the Sicilian side, the uh, yeah, Italian yeah. side, raised by an Italian mother, grandmother and grandfather, and they were a hundred percent. So you know the the way of cooking is is you know yeah. <laughs> much different yeah, than, of, than the way we dairy, eat here. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so my mother said that one day we were sitting at the at the dinner table, and she said she'll never eat veal again. She said wow. she saw a video. And she told my grandmother, and my and grandmother when was said, this? This when you're a kid? Oh, this is when I was younger. And I said, How video, did you like, find what out did, about I that? think it was like on TV or something. I don't know. Huh. But, the, but the thing is, and I'm thinking to myself, the internet wasn't even, where did yeah. she see this video, right? I wanna, I'm going to ask her, but this is a long time ago. So I'll okay. maybe, you know, hopefully she'll remember. But I remember sitting there and she said, you know, she said no. And she explained the whole thing to me. And I said, I, I had no idea that that was even a thing. I'll never have this ever again. My grandmother never cooked it after that yeah. because of what she described to me the wow. babies being taken away from the mothers and the dairy industry. And, but she was she was doing it without really knowing. Like yeah. she was an activist, but she, and then that's kind of those sense. little seeds that she planted. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And then little by little, it was like the like weaning out the red meat, and then the chicken, and then the fish, and it was, wow. and then take me. I haven't had eat meat in eight years now. Wow. So you know, so it's like it really started when I was a child. Okay. And it was from my mom. Huh. And she didn't even realize it. She didn't even realize she was no. doing it. No. Wow. No, I mean she was always a big advocate for animals, but. Yeah. But like looking back, I'm thinking she was an activist. Yeah, that's awesome. She was. And yeah. the veal industry is is a place that so many people start because yeah. I mean, first of all, cows are so oh. precious and beautiful. I, I know, mean, just gentle They're beautiful. creatures. They're, there's a reason an entire religion has been founded around yeah. worshiping cows because they're gentle giants. They're amazing. They're beautiful. And, and they're so smart. Peaceful. They're smart. And they're sentient they're, beings. They're so social. Yeah. They they show you so much compassion and love. Like they do. If you've never been kissed by a cow, have you been kissed by a cow? I haven't, but you know what? I'm, it's, I'm looking it's a forward to it, maybe. Experience. You know, there's a cow you helped us with. Yes, I do remember Rosa. Rosa's given me many kisses. Really? And if I tell her about you oh. and, and why she's safe today, yeah. I'm sure she'll give you a kiss oh if you want. Oh my gosh, but I would love to meet Rosa. Their tongues are so big. Yeah. 
one of the, the things that people don't realize about cows is just how big they are. Uh-huh. And when you first see a cow, I first saw a cow, I think in like 2002 when I went to the farm century, because I'm yeah. not, I mean, I'm like a Chinese kid who was raised by a math teacher and a scientist. I, I'd never come near <laughs> a farm. A math teacher and a scientist, wow. Yeah, very sciencey. That was my very background. Smart. I was meant to be a scientist. <laughs> Unfortunately, not so smart because I didn't finish my PhD. I well, dropped that's, out. That's I tried, okay. Though you're still but smart. I was a tempted smart person. But the first time I went to see a cow, coming from an environment where I never, wasn't even close. I mean, I actually lived really close to farms, but because I grew up in central Indiana and a lot of farms in Indiana. But my oh, family wow. was, you know, a Chinese immigrant family. We mm-hmm. don't know any farms. And the first thing you realize about cows is that cow could crush you if they oh, wanted yeah. to, but they are gentle giants yes oh they they're could crush so them. sweet and yeah. just being in their presence is so peaceful because there's something really powerful about being around someone who's so powerful literally and this actually happened to me the first time i met a cow because mm-hmm. i the first cow i met was at sasha farm in michigan have you oh wow no i haven't no, beautiful no, no. place i have to go jerry yorosky is okay. famously a well, quasi resident of sasha farm whether oh, you love wow. him or hate him i love him but you know other people don't <laughs> like gary as much i think he's great and, oh, wow. and he's made some mistakes but who hasn't made who some hasn't mistakes? made mistakes so gary gary is part of this i don't know if he's part of it but he's there all the time and it's a fairly famous sanctuary in the midwest oh cool i was a uh, i think the first time i went there i was a law student in chicago and i went to sasha farm see this huge steer probably three thousand pounds oh, and wow. i think to myself because i'd never seen a cow i just yeah. always admired them from zoo books and videos and so i'm like a huge animal lover in a very tactile sense. Yeah. I always want to touch them and pet them. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I want to hug them. them and I know. So I run up to the steer oh. and I say, oh my God, it's a cow. And I run up to him and I give him a big hug. Oh my God. I wrap my hands and these are prey animals <laughs> and they are gentle giants. <laughs> and so, and they're actually kind of scared of you because it's like, who's this He's crazy like, Chinese this guy, guy running screaming at me, me? <laughs> and running at me full speed and oh my grabbing God. my neck. Oh and it's my like, gosh. I should have thought about things like consent. You know, yeah, yeah. the animal might not want you to hug them around the neck. <laughs> what but happened? all he does, I swear to God, all this cow does, and I don't even remember his name. I wish I remember his name. This steer, all he does is he he just lifts his head up a little bit like this. Uh-huh. And I go flying into the air and onto my back. This oh is how big gosh. and powerful these animals are. Really? And then I fall on <gasps> my back, and I'm just sitting up there looking at him thinking, if he just stepped one foot forward, I would die. Oh, yeah. and Because he is 3,000 pounds. It would be like getting run over by a car. And they know but it, though. They, they know, know it. it. They know it. And he didn't. He like See? he looked at me and said, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're I, such I a did, small, yeah. insignificant creature. You know, you're literally 5% of my weight. You know, you really shouldn't have run up and grabbed me by the yeah. neck. But you were but, being nice. But I was, I was. And they know. Yeah, and he knew that I wasn't trying to hurt him. But he was just yeah. like, I didn't mean to. I just really didn't want you grabbing my neck yeah, the first yeah, time yeah. we met. That was a little weird. <laughs> So yeah, it's at least such a shake beautiful, my hand first. <laughs> no, for sure. And so there is something really beautiful about these animals that brings us so much peace. It's so true. Um, it's so true. And yeah, so many the, sentient beings and, and the fact that we're a voice for them. And, and it's like, what, what would they want us to say? Yeah. What would they want us to do? I think that we're trying our best. At least I know I am. I know that you are. I, I know are. that Jane is. Everyone that you know we're working with in our movement, um, yeah, I believe, is going uh, trying to go above and beyond. Uh, yeah, because sure. we know that we don't have too much time left. Yeah. Is your mom still with us? Yeah, she is. So what does she think about your activism she today? Is. is she surprised? She's, blown, is she... she's like blown away. She goes, That's I had awesome. no idea that it was okay. going to be like this. Like when you were growing up, you would talk about it, but uh-huh. you took it to the next level, like okay. <laughs> another awesome level. That your mom supports this now. And, and, and oh, because she's she was a big a part activist. Of it. Yeah, okay. no, she's a big activist now. She's Great. she's shocked. She's like, she can't believe it. Half the stuff that we report on in World Animal News, she goes, I had no idea mm-hmm. this is this is even happening. You know, I'm surprised and she isn't concerned for her safety. Oh, she is. So oh, I will she, I'll tell she, you a little bit why why she might be concerned. But I mean, actually, you'll tell us no, more. No, no, about no. She's concerned. But the thing is, is that she's um, she knows that she can't stop me. And sure. so she's kind so of she just, might as well just she's totally her. 
totally give, she's totally giving up the yeah. like not to say she's she's very protective but sure she's just like she's to, just like you know draft it all she's yeah. like I, there's nothing i can do at this point sure. like there's nothing i can do she's gonna do what she You're wants probably gonna get shot anyways and, and she's so gonna, i might and, as well support you in it you and know? she's gonna pray and yeah. you know she prays for me okay, so cool. which is good yeah you were telling me about that the importance of faith to you what what is yeah. your faith so i'm, I'm a christian okay, yeah awesome. i believe in jesus and and yeah um i i grew up catholic roman catholic but i okay. identify more with christian beliefs and, okay so you're um, protestant now or is it more non-denominational uh, cr- christian yeah okay. christian yeah i know nothing about christian. oh oh that's Sorry. okay i'm gonna that's say stupid stuff if i talk about religion okay that's okay i will show my ignorance no no that's okay and so um no i my faith has really i think brought me through you know to where i am today and just um Really, you know, everything I prayed for up until this point has come has come true. That's everything awesome. Everything that I've, you know, asked and you shall receive. But, you know, you also um, have to have God in your heart. That's what I believe. And that's um, mm. that's how I've lived my life. So, yeah. And it's really, you know, brought me to this point in my life. So, yeah. You know, I am not Christian, obviously, and don't know much about it. I identify yeah. as Buddhist. Okay. But what, what I found, and I've talked to people from a lot of faiths, um, a good friend of mine, actually a co-defendant of mine. I think he was actually there that day at Sundance when we first met. Oh, no way. This guy named Samer Masterson, he's a, actually a senior software engineer at Google, super smart guy. Oh, wow. Um, he, uh, he's Muslim. Okay. I've talked to him about his faith. I obviously, I have a lot of Jewish friends. There's a mm-hmm. lot of Jewish people in the animal rights movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I've found is that when I talk to people of all faiths, there's the same sense of universal awe inside all of them. And whether they mm-hmm. call it God, mm-hmm. you know, as a Buddhist, I just call it the web of life, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this spirit, this brilliance that's in all of us, mm-hmm. um, that, and that connects mm-hmm. with the brilliance in all the other living creatures. Yeah. It is such a powerful force when you see it mm-hmm. and feel it in you. It um, is, it is, it is. I think you all call it prayer. I call it meditation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but it, when I hear people talking about prayer, it, it makes me feel like that's exactly what I do when I meditate. Yeah. yeah I yeah. connect with the universe around me and I feel just the splendor and awe and brilliance of all living beings. And it gives me a sense of just peace and joy. Yeah, yeah. There's so many beautiful living creatures out there. Oh, of there course, is. when you come out of the meditation, you start thinking about yeah. all the suffering and death and I how know. much we've fallen short of that, you know, that spiritual ideal of, yeah. of peace and compassion for all beings. Yeah. But having that as your anchor is such a powerful thing. Yeah. They say um, that, um, I say, what's the difference between prayer, prayer and meditation? And so, um, I have more of a hard time meditating and hmm. I have easier time praying, which interesting. is interesting. So they say praying is, uh, having a conversation and asking God for, mm-hmm. for help or for things or praying for the world. And then uh, meditation is listening. And yeah. so so that's something I have to work on, I would say. Sure. <laughs> More of the sitting there and being calm and listening because I'm constantly on the go. Sure. I'm constantly, like, I am always feel like I'm in a rush because I'm doing a million things at once. So yeah. um, to just be still in, in a moment and listen to God and listen to the universe and listening mm. to nature. Sure. And, and what is it telling us to do? What is it, you know, we do have a mission here on this earth because we're given this passion at such, sure. such a young age. And so... So, um, yeah, that's something that's, you know, it's very interesting how, you know, different perspectives. Yeah. We are spiritual beings living in a physical body. Sure. And that's why I know I, I believe that there's so much more uh, when we leave this earth, you know. And and we are here for such a, a short period of time. We're limited beings. Sure. So yeah. um, living in an infinite world. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. This is the second time I've had a conversation about the afterlife in two podcasts. Really? But the last time I had a... My last podcast with this was with this columnist at Bloomberg. He's an economist named oh, Noah Smith. Oh. He's Jewish. Okay. But he's also talking about the afterlife. And he had yeah. a really interesting perspective on this, which is that in the afterlife, your life would be so different and you would be so different than who you are. Mm-hmm. You might as well not even think about it. 
you know, and I it sounds like that's <laughs> we, not your perspective. So yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, no, he, he doesn't assume there is an afterlife. There isn't an afterlife. You just said, you know, I don't know. It's I believe be, if, if there is, it's going to be so different than my life today yeah. that I don't even think about I it. Believe, I believe in heaven. Uh, I do believe in heaven. I believe we see all the people that have passed away mm. um, in our lifetime and, and we reconnect with, with everybody and all yeah. the animals that, you know, we've helped to save and that yeah, we've, yeah. that have been in our lives. But, um, but yeah, I do believe there is a judgment as well, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you, your life you make is, some mistakes, you get punished. You know, that's kind of where the world over. is. No, for sure. <laughs> and to see, okay, well, you did yeah. this, you did that, you know. But um, do, no, but I do believe, you know, yeah. my faith in, in God and Jesus is very strong. So, yeah. you know, but it has really uh, gotten, like I said, gotten me to this point today. And, and um, my belief in, in something greater and prayer is just yeah. uh, tremendous. And it's, it's helped me through, yeah, you know, you. Uh, the ups and downs. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's very healing, very healing. So, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, I used to, um, you know, because I... My family's connection to faith has been very strange and weird because, oh. you know, we're, we're Chinese and there isn't a lot of Christianity in Chinese. Historically, at least there hasn't been. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of Chinese people, when they come to the United States, and my parents came in, in the 1970s, right before yeah. like the Reagan Revolution, and, um, and they also moved to central Indiana where, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not Christian, you're no one. <laughs> like, there's nobody's not Christian. And even, even the immigrants, they, mm-hmm. like the one place Chinese people gathered was a church. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a weird experience because it blended a lot of like Chinese traditions with mm-hmm. Christianity. Like, pretty sure at most churches in the United States, you don't also learn Chinese. You, you <laughs> and that's everything. what we did. We had Chinese school and church uh-huh. at the same time. It was oh, like, so a lot of people would come and just, you know, say, I want my kids to learn the language. And then they'd also, you know, oh, I see. learn so about would, the faith. Okay. Yeah. But I had a huge, um, I'm sure this happens to a lot of people, and maybe you have some experiences with this, even though I was kind of raised Christian. Not, not really, because mm-hmm. I think. None of us really understood it, mm-hmm. you know, because it was it was just this is what happens with immigrant families. You're transplanted in a new country and you adopt new all sorts of new things, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. everything from the SAT to college prep to fashion in the United States and yeah. obviously the language. Everything's new. Everything's like, new. Wow, and you're trying West, to figure it out. Western and, world. Yeah, the religion yeah. is the same way. It's yeah. like what exactly is a church? What, is what do you do? Yeah. What's a pastor? You know, we had a pastor. I don't mm-hmm. know if the pastor knew what a pastor was. Who's just up there <laughs> saying? What do I do? Am I supposed to say something? Or do, do I sing? Yeah, yeah. Should, I, should I dance? I mean, he didn't know what to do. He's a, <laughs> oh, so we're all trying to figure this out together. And, but uh, maybe partly because it was a little disorganized, I had a, a massive backlash to it later in life. Oh, wow, really? And I became a pretty militant atheist for about wow, 10 okay, years. Yeah, okay, so I was a huge wow. fan of Richard Dawkins. Okay, all right. Um, and I loved okay. the God delusion. I was like, fuck all the religious people. They're oh, so stupid. Oh, geez. And then, and then I had some experiences actually with death. Really? Um, yeah. It's so like when my mom died in 2015. Oh, I'm sorry to hear and then that. Actually, even before that, I had I'm a cat who died. That. Her name was oh. Annie. She was oh. a beautiful black cat. Yeah. Who was like mean as fucking hell to everybody, oh, except geez. for kittens. Except for and, kittens. Yeah. What about I, you? She, she was mean to me too. Oh, she's okay. <laughs> well, she was mean to me, nice except when she me. saw me caring for her kittens, and okay. then she was oh, nice to me. Okay. But she came to my life because she was a, yeah. a mother cat who. Mm-hmm. Um, had a bunch of kittens. They're all about to be killed at the pound. And I was volunteering there. And they said, this Aww. mom and all her babies are about to be killed because there's a distemper outbreak and we can't care for them. Aww. And so I took them home. But And she knew that you were helping her. She That's knew I was why. helping her. Yeah, so yeah, she wasn't know. mean as hell to me when I was helping her kittens. But yeah. um, when she died and my mom died, I had this like feeling that I, and I'm not even saying this is, mm-hmm. there's anything, you know, there's anything kind of, beyond just my own projection. And maybe mm-hmm. there was, maybe there wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I had this feeling after both when Annie died, um, when my mom died, that I was still talking to them, that they were still present. There was like mm-hmm, some force. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. I think this happens to a lot of people when they're yeah. grieving. Um, oh, hold on. <laughs> okay, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 
So I had this feeling that they're they're still present. And and my mom, when she died, my dad, unlike me, they they stuck with Christianity and they're they're still oh, wow. Christian to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my dad in particular, like acknowledging or believing that my mom was still with us, mm-hmm. and and not just in a in a way that like a memory that we're projecting, but she actually is still with us mm-hmm, in a place mm-hmm. called heaven was really important to him. Mm-hmm. And I saw how much solace and healing and comfort mm-hmm. that gave him um, and how just beautiful that was mm-hmm. to have that belief. And it changed my views of religion. Really? Like I, I, I started, I, it's funny, I reread The God Delusion like a few years ago and I thought, this is such a mean piece of shit book. It's like, really, it's really hostile and abrasive and arrogant and... I still like a lot of what Richard Dawkins says. Like he says really good things about animals, for example. He's compared animal agriculture to slavery, even though he eats mm-hmm. animals. It's very strange. That's very strange. I know, wow. but he's, he's a, actually a very strong animal rights supporter. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I support in his work mm-hmm. as, as a biologist. Mm-hmm. But his work on religion and spirituality, yeah. I think it's really I, I don't agree with good. it. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. good. It's yeah. not good. And it's so disrespectful. It. Yeah. It's something that's, that's so right. beautiful and powerful for so many faiths, not just Christianity, yeah. but people are Jewish. People are Muslim. Yeah. We you witness so miracles much. every life is a miracle. Waking life up every is morning is a miracle. Um, but also, you know, so this um, from a scientific standpoint, mm-hmm. energy is never lost, it's just transferred. Yeah. So so you can't Laws of thermodynamics. Exactly. There so you, you can't be here and then just be gone in the physical you can but in an energy perspective you can't so they're here i believe but they're in a different form Mm. so just like you know when my animals have passed away um you know when my when my husband and my first love passed away within seven months of each other um Mm -hmm. there were so many miracles that i witnessed that i can't even describe to you i've Mm -hmm. had people with me witnessing these things with me but it's so just to 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 tell people that i mean unless you were there experiencing it you would just like this is crazy but it's it was so real and and I've, I've literally wit- single-handedly wit- witnessed miracles wow. as a result of such tragic loss. Sure. So um, I believed before that, but this just solidified my belief, wow. um, having gone through that loss sure. within the last seven, eight years. Yeah. So um, I, I truly believe that you know we're here on this earth for a purpose, and there's so much more that we don't know because we are limited beings. Sure. We are very limited, and um, you know, and we have an infinite God. That's what I believe. So yeah. Yeah. only He knows. Yeah. Yeah, it's not our job I mean, to it's, know. It's one of the ways we're limited, and this is just science, right? Is I didn't even realize this. I think it was was it Moby who shared this with me recently? It wasn't yesterday or two days ago. I had Moby on the podcast. Oh, cool, nice. He's great. But he might have shared this with me in the last podcast. But I think it's like one percent of the uh, electromagnetic spectrum mm-hmm. is light that we can actually see, and everything else yeah. we can't see. Every, everything so else, everything we can't else see. is just darkness, and even even the way yeah. we see it, you know. Mm-hmm everything we're seeing is kind of a projection. It's like this imaginary world that our mind is creating. Yeah. Well, just like the stars, like for instance, like when you're, when you're seeing a star, that's not the star. That's that's, like thousands of years ago. Yeah. That was years. Yeah. yeah, Thousands of years ago. That's not now. Isn't that literally exactly because of the speed of light. Another thing I think about is, um, I think it was this physicist, Brian green, Mm -hmm. uh, who's, who's actually vegan. Oh, cool. Amazing dude. He's at Columbia and he's written a lot of books and he's among the most prominent, commentators and public intellectuals on physics and i think he's the one who said this that when you start diving deeper into the nature of the universe mm-hmm. religion and science become the same like because science starts to feel like magic because <laughs> you start I thinking agree about, with you yeah yeah when you start thinking about you know like multi-dimensional yeah mo- you know subatomic particles that are flipping in and out of existence when you start thinking about the many worlds theory of the universe like that our universe is just one of like an infinite number of universes and they're spread all over 
you know, the to, multiverse. Yeah, it's like, it's like a the, Marvel movie seriously, come to life. <laughs> to think we're the only ones on this planet or the yeah. only beings on this planet is so, you know, yeah, as yeah. far as humans are concerned, I, I believe that there's life on other planets. I believe all yeah. of that. That's incredible. It's really, truly incredible. But everything you look at points to a creator. Sure. So if you think of it that way, yeah. I think God created science. Yeah. There's certainly an order to the universe. Yes. That seems like almost impossible. Like it seems like it's it, not, not even impossible without a creator, just impossible, well, period. Well, it seems like it's so, yeah. this world is so sophisticated and complex, in many ways, perfect. Even, even the idea perfect. of consciousness, like, yeah. if you it's think perfectly about, imperfect. If you, yeah, if you think <laughs> about even one cell, you know, mm -hmm. one cell has all these organelles in it, all these chemical processes in it. Yeah. Even that one cell is such just a mystery and a miracle. Yeah. yeah. And then this one cell, I mean, there's like, I think it's 80 billion neurons in the human brain. They're mm -hmm. all working together to create mm -hmm. this thing that we call consciousness mm -hmm. and vision and smell and hearing yeah. and thought and empathy yeah. and fear and anger, all these things. Absolutely. And it's, the more you think about it, the more you think, this is like, this is like a Harry Potter movie. This is just so crazy. It's yeah. like magic happening. Yeah. But, no, it truly is. It truly is. That's why, I mean, look at everything you see here. Every single thing in yeah. this room points to a creator. Somebody had to create it. Yeah. So that's truly why I believe there is yeah. a creator. For sure. Um, <laughs> You said something there that it'd be, you know, the audience is probably thinking, whoa, that was kind of intense. What and, was that? Um, and I didn't actually even know this. What's that? I, I knew oh. your husband died. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize, and I think he died by suicide, right? Mm -hmm. okay. He did. He did. I didn't realize it was just seven months. Oh, it was seven years. Seven years. Seven okay. years. I yeah. thought you said seven, seven years. Months. No, no, okay. seven years. Yeah. Seven years is still a short amount of time. Yeah. Compared yeah. to life. No, it, it. Yeah. How has that affected both your advocacy and your view on life? Well, you know, honestly, um, it it was it came as a shock. You know, um, huh. it was both it was him and my first love within seven months of each other. So that's what it was. That's probably okay. what you heard. So it was um, my husband and then my first love um, seven months later, who I just reconnected with. Uh, I got him by a train. Oh my so, God. Um, and my husband was forty, and my first love was thirty-seven. Uh -huh. So it, it was. Um, These are both men yes okay yes, i'm not yeah. sure if this is a dog yeah or a no, book no, or no 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 my first yeah. yeah yeah so you know um it was just it, it was a, just a shocking experience the fact that you know um mental health is a real thing and and and, and also suicide prevention you know this sure. needs to be addressed this needs to be talked about and you know, um, as a result of this, I feel like I've been able to help other people that have gone through this, um, maybe directly or indirectly, you know, maybe they have had a, a parent or a spouse or, you know, a, a son or a daughter that have, um, that have taken their own life. And it's, it's really, you know, and they've come to me because they've known that this, you know, this has happened and they asked me, how did you get through this? Or, mm -hmm. you know, or can I sit down and talk with you about this? And I can't tell you how many people have, and I don't think that if, if obviously if this didn't happen, I, I wouldn't have the ability and that experience to be able to help these people. So, sure. um, countless people, yeah. uh, as a result. And so, like I said, there is a reason why this, this has happened. Um, and, and I believe it's to, you know, help heal, sure. um, so many more people that are out there that need help and that this really needs to be talked about. Yeah. This needs to be in the mainstream and people are so afraid to bring it up and so afraid to talk about it. Um, we, we have to, because that's yeah. the only way we're going to be able to bring enough attention to, to be able to stop this. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's not only a problem, it's a problem that's getting much, much worse, it is. especially for younger people. It is. I think, I think the figure is, I believe it's, I could be getting this wrong, even though I just blogged about it, but I think it's 60% of the people under the age of 30 mm -hmm. are suffering from severe anxiety or depression. And depression, 60%. yeah. And especially with the COVID pandemic and everything, Everyone's people are isolated. you know inside yeah. and isolated. And that's not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed yeah. to be, you know, together and, and social and, and um but you know, yeah, I mean I 
it's it's tremendous what has happened in the last two years. And so um, to be able to to talk with people through it and and truly, I mean, that's why I believe faith and prayer is so important. And to believe that there's something much greater out there that we're living for, um, it, it really helps a lot of people through what yeah. you know this this time this this yeah. crazy time that we're living in. I've got a very close family member who has expressed desire for self harm. Mm. Uh, Honestly, her entire adult life. Oh, wow. And she has been 5150. Do you know oh. what that is? Oh, it's yeah. Like yep. Involuntary institutionalization I, because of yeah. dangerous suicide twice yeah. in her life. Oh, that's a shame. Um, one of the times, I think one of the times I was the one who actually brought her in. Yeah. And, I had to bring yeah, and yeah, somebody in. It too. is absolutely terrifying um, yeah. and confusing. Yeah. I, obviously, for them, first and foremost, but for the family too, for of the course. people around them. Because you want to be able to help yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, you don't know. And, and you, you, don't know to, you don't know what to say. And I will say exactly. there's a lot of resources out there that can give you some guidance. You yeah. know, one of the things that they always say to do is, you know, like talk to the person mm-hmm. and make sure you stay on the phone with them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. don't attack them and, you know, yeah. aggravate the situation. Yeah. Uh, but it becomes most dangerous when they start talking about specific methods. And that's mm. when, that's when they scary. start talking about that and... It's not just a, a vague idea. That's when you have to seriously consider involuntary institutionalization, no, you, which is you, 5150. Because yeah, the, the thing to. is, most people who are suicidal, mm-hmm. I have an interesting view on this. Like, I actually think if someone really, and you probably disagree with me about this, because I'm guessing, I'm, I shouldn't guess, I don't know. I actually think that if someone really is suicidal and just doesn't want life, and they know they will always feel that way. So for example, if they have a terminal disease, mm-hmm. they're just suffering so much. But even if just life is too hard for them, and they know they'll never get better, mm-hmm then I actually am not sure I'm against them hurting themselves and, and just ending it. The problem I see it with my family member, for example, is there are times when they're happy. <laughs> and I know the suicidal impulse is often in the immediate aftermath of some bad life event that just mm-hmm. takes their baseline level of depression, which is mm-hmm. in the case, down to a level that it's catastrophic and dangerous. Yeah. And so when they start talking about you know, doing it, we know it's yeah, possible because it's, it's, you know, because they thought about it exactly. because they thought about it before exactly. and they've taken some actions to pursue it. Yeah. And I know that if we can keep them for the next month and the next month, there's going to be a moment where we're all out in karaoke and they're having the time of their life again or yeah, yeah, but we're having a family dinner. And so making yeah. sure they can get over this hump is so important. And there are a lot of professionals. One thing I'll say about my, my family member though, who suffers from this and I, it sounds like maybe you didn't have this luck with your loved ones. Mm. With my family member, the great thing is she's always open about it. Oh, that's good. At least with me. That's good. You know, yeah, um, that's important. It is important. Yeah. And and it sounds like maybe your family member, for whatever reason, I think with men, it can be harder. It's They They're keep it inside, I feel like it is. Yeah, because there's this toxic masculinity yeah. that you have to be tough all the time. And yeah, when you are absolutely. struggling, you can't share it, even with your wife. Yeah. Um, but with her... She does share it with me, and that's Thank such God. a blessing for our family because then we know when she needs us, yeah. we can be there for and, her. And the most important thing is to, like you said, um, to listen to her, to yeah. to kn- let her know that you're there, to let her know that she's not alone, yeah. um, to do whatever you can. Ultimately, um, you can't. You can try to save someone's life, but if they're going to want to do what they're going to want to do, I yeah. mean, um, I tried whatever I could. Um, to the utmost. Um, yeah. but, but it's ultimately their decision. So, you know, uh, but you can, um, try to help them in that moment, you yep. know, and you really can. And, and, um, I've done it several times. Um, and not just, um, with what happened with my husband, but with other people, I have to share something with you that just happened to me. Um, wow. gosh, about a month and a half ago, um, 
I was, uh, I was in Hawaii and, um, I was trying to feed these stray cats actually outside and just, it was almost like something drew me, drew me to this place. It was just this, um, little store, um, and you know, on the islands, it was just like this little neighborhood store had just, you know, closed and, uh, there was no one in the parking lot at the time. And I saw these, these kittens and I said, okay, I have to grab some food and start feeding the cats because I'm the crazy animal lady. Right. (laughs) So I'm by myself feeding these animals. And, um, in this, is that just something you do anywhere you see cats? No, honestly, I, wherever there's animals, I try to help. So I'm just like, okay. And and one look, yeah, one look like a little, you know, a little sickly. So I said, okay, maybe I need to take this, this cat to the vet, Uh you know, and just kind of assess the situation. So it was getting a little bit dark out and a car pulls up next to me. And I thought maybe it was somebody that had worked, you know, at the convenience store that was going back. And this girl just was sitting in the car looking at me, watching hmm. me feed the cats. And I went over and I said, and she rolled down her window and I said, oh, do you think this one's sick? And I was mm-hmm. having, and she goes, and she starts crying. Oh. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What's, you know, is there anything yeah. that I can do? She said, can you help me? And I said, of course. I said, so it was just her and I at that point and it was wow. getting dark and it was, the cats are all around. And where, where is this in Hawaii? It's just like in... It was just, just a little... A con- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a little, like right next to the beach, like a okay. little convenience store. And... uh I said, yeah, of course. And she's just hysterical. And she said, can you, can you help me? She said, I'm having thoughts of taking my life. And I said, of all the people that happen to be there right now, I said, thank God God that I was there. (laughs) I said, please come out of the car. I gave her a huge hug. She's just, and she was young. She's like 21 Mm. years old. She was there by herself. She was there at a hostel, staying at a hostel. And, um, and I'm not going to mention her name obviously, but, but I have to tell the story because, you know, I believe that there's there's callings that we all get, and sure. I happen to be in that area at that time, uh-huh. and my higher self um, uh, heard that. Wow. And but it was through the animals, sure. so it was almost yeah, the like the, the animals needed help, right? Yeah. And then this, and I just started talking with her for about an hour, and I said, "Look, I said, you know what? I've I've gone through this. I said your family loves you. They want you to be here." Mm-hmm you know, we need you here. We need Mm -hmm. more good people. You're just going through a rough time. I said, you need to stay with us. I said, there's no reason why, you know, um, you know, this is, this will pass, you know, this will pass this feeling. And then these other four people came up in another car and I said, can you help, help me, you know, with this girl? And they said, sure, sure, sure. And we started praying. We were in like a little prayer circle and, um, and I gave her this little thing I had bought a friend of mine in LA. And so I said, okay, I, I, ironically, the friend that I bought this gift for just lost her, uh, her brother to suicide Mm. and was a gift specifically for my friend that I had in my car at that time that I gave this girl. And I thought like, this was, take a look at this connection. It's just talk about divine intervention. I mean, this single handedly was a miracle. The fact that we were there because she had told me how she was going to do it. Wow. And I said, I said, please, I said, this is not going to happen. So I said, she had specific plans. She told me she was, and, she and I'm not going to mention this. what, but, but I said, look, I said, you know what? I'm so happy that I'm here right now. Yeah. I'm so happy. I said, we're going to, we're going to take you back, you know, to, you know, um, to her hotel or wherever she was staying. I said, you know, we're going to, you know, follow you back, making sure that you get there safely. If there's anything that you need, please let us know. Um, and you know, we spent a long time with her. And so I think wow. she's, she's okay. That's amazing. But, That's but, so but moments like that in life that you just can't explain, sure. you know, and you look back and you're like, wow, that was a miracle. Yeah. Truly a miracle and truly divine intervention. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've had a lot of I, I have not shared. I have life. not shared that with anybody. Wow. Publicly. So yeah. It's a beautiful story. And it just Thank happened. you for doing that, Katie. Yeah. No, no. But, but the things like that. And it's like, wow. And I, I was able to talk her through it because I had gone I through it. Experience. Yeah. You know, so. Do you know why your husband committed suicide? <sighs> you know, it's exactly what we were talking about. Just, you know, it's just, just all um, bottled up and you didn't know. I, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. So what do you think? I mean, I guess it's hard to know. You're not a man, but 
What yeah. do you think we can do for young men who are going through these experiences? I think, I, think I feel like there pres- is a lot of it's this. pressure. It's world. It's pressure to be a certain way or to do a certain sure. thing and to you know be successful and to do this and do and keep up with the Joneses and it's all these things that. It really, at the end of the day, you know, what matters is love and family and friends and and giving back mm-hmm. and helping other people. And that's really at the end of the day when we all leave this earth, you know, what are we going to look back on? What do you want to be remembered for? Mm-hmm. What is your legacy going to be? You know, it's not going to be, you know, you made this much money and you had this sure. many cars and you did this. It's not about that. It's about helping yeah. and being a steward of this planet. And for us, it's helping the animals yeah. and completing our mission here. Absolutely. And so, Absolutely. you know, there's so much more to life that people are missing and especially in LA and mm-hmm. especially in the entertainment business that drives yeah. me crazy is because it's not all about that. Sure. I mean, what happened at the, at the Academy Awards was absolutely sad. shocking and sad. And I'm, I'm ashamed of this business. I am yeah. so sorry, but I am. Yeah. And so, you know, we need to do better. And we need to be better examples for our children and the rest of the people that are watching us. Yeah. We right. have to be. Yeah. Because, you know, they say so goes California, so goes the rest of the world. But this is we're not showing a yeah, great example good. right now. Yeah, you're right. We're failing miserably. Yeah. So we have to we have to do Hollywood. better. We have to do better. And I'm yeah. very disappointed. So yeah. what are you gonna do? But you know, that's where we come in. Yeah. You know, we have to lead by example. For sure. So Yeah. 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 What happened? I mean I <laughs> <sighs> Nobody shared with me an incident that happened 20 years ago that was somewhat similar. Do you remember Eminem threatening him from the stage? I don't remember the, this. The no. DMA, the Video Music Awards no, saying he was going to punch him in the face. And then they attacked this puppet next to him. Like he punched a puppet. Oh, I don't remember this. When he was this. trying to basically punch Moby. Oh, wow. And yeah, the entertainment business is, is a dicey business. And it's yeah. a business that I think probably creates a lot of superficial joy and certainly material wealth. I mean, there's a lot of people who've gotten very, very rich off the entertainment business, but it hasn't brought in a lot of satisfaction. And I think the same is true across a lot of different contexts in life. It's not just entertainment. And I've been a tech attorney. By the time you met me, I was a ragtag, poor, impoverished activist. But no, I I would have never known. (laughs) Maybe I did a good job of faking it. You did a good job. I was very, (laughs) I would have never known. It was a very very cool VR experience. It was cool. I mean, that was all damn fun in that crew. I mean, they they were the ones who gave us all the gear. We were not able to do that. It was a cool crew. I mean, we weren't. We would not have been able to do that without Dan Funk's help, and and yeah, and and, and Casey's and all the rest. I mean, yeah. there were a lot of amazing people at Commission very, One, very which unfortunately the company yeah, is no longer people. in existence. But great people, wonderful people, and I'm really just forever indebted to them. Yeah, but absolutely. I was a tech lawyer before that for quite some time, um, and you know, all the people in tech and and the partners in tech. So I worked at a, actually the largest law firm in the world, oh, D.L. Wow. Piper, doing a lot of tech transactions. Yeah, and I swear to God. The richer the partner, the more miserable he was. Really? And it's mostly men. You know, there are very few female partners. Wow. But I won't even name names because, I mean, some of these people I still know. But yeah. the more successful and the richer the person was, the more miserable the person was. Really? And the more miserable they were to be around. Oh, that's a Cause, shame. Because misery breeds more misery. Breeds company. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same thing was yeah. true when, um, when I was in the academy, too. Like, there's, you yeah. know, I mean, I was... A law professor for a very short and unsuccessful period of time in oh, my wow. life in the mid two thousands at Northwestern University, and you might think the most successful law professors who have, you know, getting invited to all these lectures and have mm-hmm. named chaired professorships and are you know the most demand yeah. in demand professors for lectures and, and for classes are the happiest. No, no, <laughs> it's a lot of like the clinical faculty, yeah. the adjunct. Even if they're making less money, they're less prestigious. And actually, yeah. there's um, a very famous psychologist named Daniel Kahneman who won the Nobel Prize in economics. 
who has over the last 10 years done a lot of research into what makes people feel happy mm -hmm. and not just happy in like the moment to moment basis because yeah. you can get happy from taking cocaine you know like you yeah. feel good from taking cocaine he means this long-term sense of goodness and flourishing is very simply two things mm -hmm. being around people you love who love you back that's that's that's, that's and, and how simple is things. that i mean that's the most simple thing yeah, that you, you can gotta possibly... be around people love and mm -hmm. they gotta love you back and if yeah. you have those two things you'll be a happy person if that's you don't good. have those two things i don't care how rich you are yeah. i don't care if you're elon musk mm -hmm. You will not be a happy person. Honestly, well, when I see Elon, you know, he, he's breaking up with his, the mother of his children. Oh, I didn't know that. He's getting all these fights on Twitter. No, oh, that's you know, not he's, good. It just, he's having controversy because he's smoking weed on Joe Rogan. It just, really? Life, oh, oh, you didn't hear about that? I didn't know that. Oh, okay. yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. I, like, I like Elon. His stock, I like Elon too. I, like I think him. His, he's his, cool. his cars are good. Yeah. But the stock price tanked after he went on Joe Rogan's oh, show. Oh, jeez, I didn't weed. even know that. Yeah, what no, what is he I mean, doing? Okay. He just, I mean, it was in California. He said, is this legal? You know, oh, that, that well, Elon which it like, is. He's like, all right, give me some. <laughs> oh, and, my gosh. And he smoked it. And then everyone's like, this is the CEO of this company. He's smoking weed. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> he, is, he is brilliant, I he believe, brilliant. besides no, the I weed. Believe. But whatever he does recreationally. Sure. But you don't want to do it on a podcast, you know. Yeah, but he's he's the wealthiest person in the world. But I just, I don't get the sense that yeah. he's a happy person. Well, it's tough. I think he's got a lot on his plate. I'm sure like he does. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. He carries a heavy load. So that's the thing is is that even people in entertainment, like, you know, some some of the you know, people that have whatever they literally, whatever they want at their fingertips yeah. and they're very famous and they've got all the money in the world, but they're still not happy. happy. So it just goes to show you that the simple things really should make you happy. Sure. Like animals. It's not, it's like animals, like friends, family, mm -hmm. um, giving back. I mean, I feel my happiest when I'm actually helping and yeah. giving back and being a steward and, and being a servant really literally to all my animals. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like so nothing true. makes me happier than rescuing an animal, you know, that's in distress or that needs help. I mean, truly, you know, nothing yeah. makes me happier than being of service. So yeah. yeah, you're right. And there's science behind that too. I actually just yeah. wrote a blog post, um, the title, of which is the solution to sadness isn't happiness. It's kindness. It's kindness. And there's yeah. a lot of research in this. There's just really fascinating randomized controlled trial that psychologists have done. And this has been replicated. This is pretty solid science. Because there's a lot of science out there. It's like, eh, one study. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can basically make one study go whatever way you want. But this yeah. is actually one of the pretty solid findings. And study goes like this. They give people 40 bucks mm -hmm. and they randomize them into two groups. So you're either given 40 bucks and you're told you have to spend this 40 bucks. We're going to give you this 40 bucks, which is great. You know, who doesn't want to get 40 bucks? Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I can, you know, <laughs> go buy, buy some groceries. coffee, buy some groceries, have a nice meal at Crossroads. Yeah. You know, the nice, actually Crossroads might not be possible. That's probably too expensive. <laughs> Crossroads is pretty expensive. That would be so, like 150. Uh, real food daily. Real, real food, food daily. daily. You can yeah. go to get, get like yeah, a, whatever you sure. want. Real food Whole daily. Foods Whole foods would be too expensive. Yeah, well. Whole foods is too expensive too. <laughs> but real food daily, you can get away with. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. So you get 40 bucks and they tell you you can do one of two things. You can, or they don't tell you. You have to do one of two things with this 40 bucks. First, the first group, they say, spend this 40 bucks on yourself. Mm -hmm. You got to just like, we're giving this money, but just go buy things that you want. Mm -hmm. The other group is told, we're going to give you this $40, but you have to, you're contractually committed to spending this money for somebody else in your life. Oh, wow. All right. And, and, and then they, they, they go out there and a week later, um, they check in and see how the people are doing. And mm -hmm. they actually just ask them all these questions. And it's a study of happiness. Like how much happier are you? Yes. And the people, I don't remember the exact results, but I do know as a gentleman, first of all, that the people who spend the money on themselves, mm -hmm. they're not happier. No. Like they haven't actually been affected by it. But yeah. the people who give, mm -hmm. they're happier. And the, the even more wow. fascinating thing is just this one time study. And I don't think it's, it might not be 40 bucks. Maybe it was 20 bucks. Maybe it was 100 bucks. I don't remember the exact amount of money, but yeah. I, could, 
I could send you the study. If anyone listening to this podcast wants to see the study, yeah, absolutely. put it in the notes and I'll or give me, shoot me an email and I'll send you the study. Not only are they happier, but like three weeks later, mm-hmm. they check in again and that happiness has endured. There's this afterglow really? from generosity. I love yeah. that. So that's it, so like, interesting. It's, and that's really hard. because It's a ripple effect. It's really. a ripple effect. Yeah. Because happiness, there's this concept in psychology called the hedonic treadmill. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind this is our happiness level is pretty fixed. It's really hard to change. Mm-hmm. Like you can buy things, you can get rich, you can have tragedies, even like mm-hmm. paraplegics. Mm-hmm. Turns out they don't get that much less happy. You know, even if you lose mm-hmm. all your limbs, your baseline happiness level, you bounce back to it pretty quickly mm-hmm. once you get acclimated to your new condition. Yeah. But one thing that changes your baseline is kindness. Wow. When you were kind to others, when you're That's kind to animals. Wonderful. And this is, I think, one of the, be- you another, and I know Another this. miracle. It is See? a miracle. There you go. And this is one of the beautiful things about having a companion animal. Because so yeah. many people have dogs, cats in their lives and they think, I can't do this because it's too much of a burden. Mm-hmm. I say, no, 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 no. That generosity, because these animals depend on our kindness. Of course. Like they, I mean, they depend on us to survive. They depend on yeah. us to survive. They yeah. cannot eat. Like no. a dog or a cat. Yeah, you know, is very different from a wild wolf. They don't know how to make it. On they their can't. Own. Yeah, they yeah. depend on us. Maybe the cats, but the cat maybe <laughs> I mean, the could. The dogs. The cats. The dogs. Depend, yeah, not so much. Your cats sound like they're. My cats seem like my they cats, could. They could maybe. My cats survive. are not that tough. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, but the the generosity you give to them and the love they give you in return mm-hmm. every day is an investment in your spiritual future. Oh, it's incredible. And I it's mean, the best investment you can make. Yeah, the best is when I'm just laying there on the couch watching a movie or watching TV and they're all like, little, oh, almost all, all 11, 11 of them, almost. <laughs> There's one or two that are just like, oh, this is way too many animals for me. So they're, so they they're literally, all? they all, all do and they're all really? sleep and you know, of course oh, there's some beautiful. Eh, little cat fights here and there. But but for the most part, like when everyone's sleeping, it's perfect. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, I've got the two dogs here. I've got Aww. the, you know, five cats over here. I've got one by my head. I've got one by my feet. It's like That's one so may be on the floor but yeah no but it's great because it's because you feel like wow where would these animals be if i hadn't saved them yeah. or rescued them or so all 11 are rescues uh, oh yeah i've never never yeah. bought an animal the way you looked at me right there it's like <laughs> i looked like katie was about Find to shoot the me in the street <laughs> uh, or yeah on the street yeah. or gosh among uh, animal rights activists or, if you buy an animal i've never out of the movie never, never, never done it never done it really never okay. done it i've always rescued because we always would find them yeah, or they would actually they would find me like okay there's the girl they would show up to my house i'm like how do they know they know they're so smart yeah i find a lot of wildlife too yeah it's like almost once a month now wow i find i, I have a, a crate in the back of, of my car yeah well i mean i find them you i find, find them, them. i find are they find you they if they, they find, find me you. you know injured birds or um gosh i found pretty god uh-huh. i would say pretty much almost every species throughout my life so where, where do you take them in la is there a wildlife rehab center or um there there are house? different wildlife rehabs and then okay. there's d- different wildlife rehabbers you know so you take them to their house mm. usually they do them out of their house but okay. um there's a bird rehab there's a bat i found a bat yep. in my backyard wow. a bat rehab um baby bat there's a bat rehab center there is in LA? It's the bat lady That's you call amazing. the bat lady and she comes over and she rehabs them in her little yeah. van <laughs> This is incredible. By the way, bats are the most beautiful creatures. They are. They they're are. They're so nimble and they, agile. They're, they're so like cute. angels flying was, through the air. And I hate how people see them as dangerous yeah. and fearful and gross. It's, it's like of, it, if Batman can love bats, <laughs> if he can learn to love bats, we all can learn yeah, to love no, bats. Yeah, no, it's true. He, it's, he had a terrible experience of bats and he still realizes they're bad. It's badasses. true. And you know, the, I think they're one of the um, few vector species. So that means, you know, yeah. that, yeah. So it is scary because you can't get rabies from them. But still, yeah. like we see them as these these dangerous, fearful creatures. But actually, when you look at them up close, they're like, they're like they're flying so people. They're so cute. Yeah, they're they are. When you look so at their little cute. faces, they really are. I like fingers. Bats. Yeah. They're like flying people. Like yeah. tiny, imagine like a little tiny flying elf. Yeah. Who no, wouldn't love a little tiny flying elf? They do look so like little care elves. For the bats. They're so cute. <laughs> 
if, does the bat lady There's public so can we tell people how to find her? um i would have to find her bat? information okay. but yeah i can give it to you afterwards yeah, yeah <laughs> i know i yeah i literally was googling i was like i gotta find a bat rehab and so, so she came to the house and she, okay so you can find she, it on google yeah and she gave it a little um gosh a little intravenous fluid and Aww, then it perked right up sweetie. and then she was feeding it with a little eye drop and i said i can't believe i'm witnessing this right now this That's is beautiful. like the most amazing thing ever and and really my cat's Found, found the bat found you. yeah and it was well, the, your it cats was, found the bat it was wrapped and i was like why are they staring at this leaf and huh. i go it was like it was like it looked like a leaf wrapped in it um uh gosh i can't think right now um uh i can't think a spider What's web, spider no, web a spider exactly web. sorry okay. it was it was Aww. wrapped in a spider web and i'm like that's not a leaf that's i go all five of them like are, are seeing all them five of them at, yeah the other ones that's were terrifying off, running around. Bat. and i'm thinking to myself that's definitely not a leaf and then so i put some gloves on i picked it up and your it cats was, are like the most gentle cats in the universe they didn't attack the bat i mean they just <laughs> they, no they were just staring at it because they i don't think that they, they knew what it was, what it was. yeah okay. so but yeah huh. um you have to be very careful because yeah. obviously you got to show me a picture wear gloves and be very you know yeah. yeah, that sounds that sounds fascinating so, to try and manage five cats and wild animals and all the oh, other stuff. Oh yeah, no, life. it's the animals. I'm yeah. telling you, I, that's, that's my life. So can I ask you a question about before we leave this subject of mental health because I think it's an important one. Yeah, you have always struck me. I have never seen you not happy, and I don't even mean like <laughs> I don't even mean like not happy as in sad yeah, or yeah. even neutral. I yeah. haven't seen you not happy as in like. You always seem like you're in such a positive frame of mind, which I think is one of the reasons when we were moderating that discussion yeah, yeah, yeah. at Condition One, the first people they all thought of, and I didn't even know you were at that point. Sorry. That's, that's terrible. No, terrible to okay. admit that I didn't, because you do really important work, and you had already been doing important work oh, by the time. Thank you. Yeah. In like 2017, when yeah. I first met you, and yeah. I first got familiar with World Animal News and Peace yeah. Animals and all the great stuff and like the documentary work you're oh, doing now, thanks. which we'll talk about in just a second. Yeah. But, um, you just had such a ebullient attitude. It had such Aww. like great positive energy. Thank you. But you've gone through a lot of hardships. So yeah. I'm just wondering, have you struggled with depression at all? You know what? It's interesting. I, I haven't. Um, okay. But, you know, I, I really try every morning and it's really because of the animals. Mm. Um, I don't know what it is. It's the it's it's the energy that I get from them mm. that helps me wow. to be positive and, okay. and to live for something greater. And so, of course, I've had ups and downs. downs. Everyone sure. has ups and downs in their life. And really, I, th- I think um, the hardest part was, you know, for losing my husband and my first love within seven months. So wow. losing Andrew and Greg and just the, the tragedy behind that. But but really, my animals were, were right there with me. Mm. I mean, I literally remember so getting down to my hands then. and knees. Yeah. And some of the same animals I, I still mm. have now um, and praying to God um, that to help me get through this because I didn't know how I was going to get sure. through it because it was just um, to lose the two people that you've ever truly been wow. in love with. Wow. It's such a sh- and so young and so tragically. Yeah. It's like you feel like you you just want to die. You feel mm. like you, how are you going to get through this? And truly, I got down on my hands and knees and all my animals around me and I prayed. Mm. I prayed for the longest time I've ever prayed. And after that, I remember my, my dog, Charlie, was my first dog ever that I adopted at a shelter. Oh, um, he's Charlie. still with me today. He's about 13, 14 years old. And he just looked at me like, Mom, get up. Huh. And you got to get up. You got you got a you gotta big job going. to do here. Sure. You have to get up and you have to continue to fight. And it was almost like he was telepathically, because I do believe animals can, can communicate with, with you non-verbally. Yeah. And so, like, I know can. what they, they want. I, I know what they want without even, sure. they just look at me and I'm like, I know you yeah. want to go to the dark Sometimes park. Sometimes <laughs> they communicate better than human beings do. No, I know. Language can be, you know, yeah. a source of miscommunication and, and fact, interference yeah. and deception while the animals are so straightforward. Yeah. And, and we can have this com- like this connection a conversation, but co- uh, connection with them without them speaking yeah, our language. Absolutely. And we, uh, such a strong love and connection. There's yeah. so much more to just 
you know, yeah, communication. Yeah. So, but anyways, I just remember that moment and I thought, you know, I have to fight. I have, I have so much more life to live here and I've got such a huge mission and a job to do on this planet that I have to get up and I have to do this. And so, um, of course we've had our, you know, I've always, everyone, you know, who has a perfect life. I mean, not, sure. no one I know. I mean, yeah. we're, we're imperfect humans, you know, we're all, we're all flawed, you know? Um, so, and, and that's, that's how we are. I mean, this sure. is a fallen world. It's both good and evil. And we can, I mean, that's a fact. We mm -hmm. see the good and we see the evil. This is a fallen world. So it's both heaven and hell and mm -hmm. the same platform, but we have to fight. We're here um, on this planet at a specific time to have a specific mission or to do a specific mission. And then I believe when we're done, we go back. And that's, yeah. and that's truly my belief because of not only the things that I've witnessed firsthand, but, um, just, ah, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm a wise and old soul, I would say. I've been here many times before. So um, just to help other people, you know, uh, and, and heal other people. Um, I have to be the best version of myself to be able to help and heal. And if I'm not, then there's no point, right? Sure. So, yeah. so you wake up every morning, even if you feel like shit and you don't feel good. Yeah. You have to, you know, I, have, I try to be as positive as I possibly can. And so it's not every day. It's sure. not every day. And just because I haven't struggled with depression doesn't mean that I'm, you know, sad, not sad sometimes. But I would say um, w when I went through those two losses in my life, that was definitely hmm. the hardest, lowest point. But be my faith and the animals got me That's through stronger. it. Wow. Yeah. And there's a reason when why. When was this? This is about 12 years ago? This oh, no, no. Happened? This was uh, this was 2014 okay. and, and the beginning of ago. 2015. Wow. So, yeah. So it was eight seven, years ago. Yeah, seven, eight years ago. Seven, yeah. eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, because I... Yeah, within seven months of each other. So, um, but but even with my, Greg, my first love, who who mm -hmm. um, passed by getting hit by a train, and this um, is just in, an accident in Burbank. He was doing a fitness video, um, and wow. he misjudged the speed of the train, and he was, I guess, trying to outrun the outrun the train. And, oh my god! Um, it was a um, yeah, it was an energy drink that oh, he was. No. Uh, he you know, was an entrepreneur as well as um, a motivational speaker. And, you know, he, he had millions of followers and he would motivate these people just to be better, not only, you know, um, physically and being mm -hmm. in the gym and working out and, um, but just be better, you know, uh, stewards of this planet and, and to, you know, whatever your passion is, go for it, you know, don't hold back, you know, and, and, and leave a legacy. And that's what he was about. He was just about um, empowering people and making sure. them better versions of themselves. And so he had a tremendous following and, and just so many people looked up to him and, so he, um, but he was a risk taker. Sure. And so this uh, is a situation where he's trying to outrun a train. Yeah. So he, I think at last minute, um, from what I understand, I believe. Yeah, okay. Um, and it was, was like, he was doing a, like a, a video, a, like a commercial. Exactly. I and see. so, uh, and he got on the train tracks and then okay. he got, was hit and he was 37. Oh and so, um, when, when I lost him, I was just, I was just absolutely devastated by, sure. by both of the losses, but it yeah. was just like a double hit. I thought, my God, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, There's no way that this happened. There's no time. way. Yeah. And I was 33 at the time. And, um, 33, so I think is a, a pivotal point in many, many people's lives for many sure. reasons. So anyway, so I feel like if I could get through those two massive obstacles in my life and the, yeah. in, in those learning experiences. And I know that they're always with me and I know that they're, sure. they're helping me as my guardian angels. Uh, cause this life is not easy. Yeah. It's hard, you know, uh, it really is. But, um, but I believe I, I do, f you know, feel that they're still around, mm -hmm. you know, so if I can get through, through that, I feel like I can get through anything. And I think there's, you know, it's going to make me stronger for, um, really, really trying to protect the animals on another scale yeah. uh, in the future. That's awesome. So maybe in Africa. Yeah. So, yeah. How did you, how did you know, Greg? Um, like high school Greg was my, or? no, I met him the first day I moved out here, really? uh, 2000, in 2015, From Chicago. 
He was from Maryland. Okay, but Maryland. you were from Chicago. From, I'm from okay, Chicago. So you moved from Chicago to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally the first day, I think, was it? No, the first day or three days, like really within like the first couple days of me moving out of here, I was walking out of a hotel and someone comes up to me and they said, I think I've got the perfect guy for you. And then... I what? was like, who is this? Wait, wait, this is so wait. random. A random person walked up yes, to you and, and said, they said and, I but, think I have the best. Yeah, they're, so like, they're, they're like, he's like, come here. And I said, what? This is so random. So wait, a man this, comes up yes, to this you person was and very, says, I have another man. A very flamboyant man was, yes. And he that comes up so to me. LA. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I think I have the perfect. And I said, well, how do you not know that? Like I'm with, but I'm, I am single, but I'm yeah, like, how do you, how do you not know that? You know? And then he, and then he put. Greg and I, and he was as, just as shocked as I was. And he put both of us together and like, Wait, let me did take Did he a- know Greg? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did he and know so, Greg at yes. least? It wasn't just like, I was literally I walking out of a hotel. Just, yeah, yes. Okay. And then you're like, can I take a picture? I'm like, this is so weird, crazy and weird. Yeah. But then, but instances like that, like yeah. this person literally introduced me to my first love. Hmm. And it was like, and then yeah. we spent every day after that together. Wow. That moment. Who, who was that person? Did it was, it was. <laughs> Very funny. He's a connector in he LA. Connector. He was just a connector, okay. like that. Just yeah. But he um, just randomly saw you. Randomly saw in the hotel me and, and says, "I have the perfect person he, for you." And and I was walking out of the hotel, hotel, literally. And but but I guess like he's like I wish dating no, was that kinda, easy for all right? of us. He's like, right? Kinda, it's like all you need to do is go to a hotel and a new city. He's very very outgoing. Very you know. But sure. he's he's kind of known for that. Like he okay. he loves to connect people and like he'll just ra- go up to random people and start talking and then put huh. like here come here meet this person that person this person that's just how he is and and we became lifelong friends. So it's just interesting how things. You know, everything happens for a reason. And then my husband and I met at a dog park. So yeah. wow. <laughs> there you go. So your husband was a there dog lover. Go. Oh, big animal lover. Big animal That's great. how we connected. That's yeah. Awesome. And birds. Bird yeah. lover. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. But, you know, it brings me, you, you to now, you know, and, and it does shape and, and, you know, make you who you are. And then you take those experiences, and then you help other people. Sure. You know. Good. Yeah. I want to ask you two other things about sure. religion. Because yeah. you brought this up as something that's important to you. And I... I don't know much about religion and certainly organized religion and in particular Christianity. If you ask me about Buddhism, I can answer yeah. a lot of questions. Um, I might be wrong about a lot of them, but I, I can answer them or try to. Yeah, yeah. But Christianity, I'm, I'm pretty ignorant about. Um, and I'm guessing a lot of people in this podcast audience don't know much about it. And in May, because a lot of people who are animal rights activists, vegans, you know, it's a very hippie, new age sort of movement. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Christians. And actually, I imagine... Do you sometimes feel a little marginalized as a Christian? No, because I think <laughs> there's a, a lot of there's a lot of people lot of that that are believers, but they don't they, they don't, don't speak about they don't it. Speak about it. Yeah, okay. a lot because a lot of people message me and they're like, "Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you for speaking out about it." Because maybe they're afraid to, and I don't. I feel like we need to take that stigma away. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you truly believe in something, you shouldn't be afraid to speak Absolutely. out about it, right? Um, but it's I, for me, it's not about religion. It's about the connection, Just a personal connection, connection okay. with God, and so and spiritual connection as well. So. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's not about an organized religion because yeah. Jesus never wanted that. Yeah. Never wanted, you know, you have to do this, this, this and this in order this. to get, yeah. no, that's not no, what it's about. What it it's not about okay. it's what it's about. And good works, of course they matter. Yes. Sure. Your good works matter, but, but it's, it's not, it's not about religion. It's about that connection. So it sounds like you're not that Catholic anymore. <laughs> I'm not. No, I'm not. I, I identify more Christian, more Christian. Like, and, and I don't go to church. I don't go to church every Sunday, you know, I, but I do pray and I do have a tremendous, and, and I, like I said, like, not just, I'm not just saying because I've seen these miracles happen uh-huh. that, but I truly, I yeah. truly, like, I truly have witnessed yeah. incredible things happen. Yeah. Like that. And 
that and people just, that were with me, like, there's no, no way, way that just happened. Well, like this incident with the woman th- yes. th- that you just ran into. I mean, was that was just, that wasn't just random. Yeah, that, I mean, that, was, that sounds like such, I mean, who runs into someone who's suicidal who immediately just tells you, and I'm, just I'm about to kill myself. Some cats, and you happen to be the person. And who, I just happened to be there. And it was just yeah, the two hap- of us. And, and you had dealt with this in twice previously in your life. Yeah. You well, once, well, I guess once, once and suicide. then the tragedy yeah. with, yeah, with yeah. Greg, but my gosh, I mean, what are the chances? Yeah. I mean, so much of fate is just time and chance. Yeah. That you're in the right time, in the right place. Yeah. And but, by but, stroke but of fortune. But that's where divine intervention comes yeah. in. Divine. So I think about this with yeah. my dog all the time because I rescued from my dog. I carried him out of a, a pen in Yulin, China. Oh, wow. Um, oh, and he was just weeks from being killed, from being beaten to death. Oh. And I wake up every morning, I look in his eyes, and I think, this is a miracle because he's so perfect for me, and I'm so perfect for him. I mean, yeah. he's, my, he's the love of my life. I mean, all my Aww. dogs are the love of my life. And it's but just, there's I, always I that know. one. There's always there, that, there's that, that one. It's just like, yeah. Oliver is afraid of everything and everyone. Like he was afraid of his own shadow when we got him out. When I pulled him out of the pen, told the story a few times, but you know, I mean, he sees so many dogs get beaten to death and the way they oh, die. Is awful. Gosh, and you know this, I know. Oh, I know this. We report like on they it. They take it's a club just, and they just beat them over the head. It's disgusting. A lot of them aren't end. even necessarily dead yeah. when they're, when they start, they put them in this big vat that spins them. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. I can't even, and I because know. Because it's such a primitive and barbaric way of, you know, it's terrible. killing the dogs it's disgusting. Yeah. and knocking them out. Yeah. Sometimes there's a dog who's not fully dead. Oh, I don't and even, I know. So I know. I think the burning animals alive I've doesn't happen. Yeah. I don't think that happens, but it is true. Just like with factory farms in the United States. So don't think this is only happening in China to dogs. It happens millions and millions of times to chickens, cows, and pigs yeah, in the I United know. States. And we actually just released a video of DXC from One World Beef showing lots of cows still conscious on the slot. Oh, and, thank, and thank you for the work that you do. Yeah, you know, well, it's you really, know, it's truly, it's, it's thank you. telling you you're doing God's work. You really mm-hmm. are because not many people can, that's, that's the one thing people ask me, how do you see this Yeah. and, and still be okay? Like, how do you, how do you separate the two? How do you live a normal life and see such suffering? Sure. So that's what I want to ask you really quick. Yeah. How do you do this? I remember the stories of the ones who've been saved. Um, mm. If I, was only doing investigations and the life of an undercover investigator is a short one. Mm-hmm. I don't mean literally that they all die. Although I, I have heard of many of them committing suicide because oh, of the trauma gosh. they're dealing with. And I know a lot of others who are depressed. A lot of my friends have been undercover investigators yeah. at large animal rights organizations. But one of the reasons we don't just expose and investigate, we rescue mm-hmm. is because we know for the world, for the animals, and frankly, for us, the ones who are going to the front lines and seeing this, and, and you've seen this too in the mm-hmm. context of wildlife. Yeah, I have. It's so important to have those happy stories to inspire you to keep fighting. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have that positive vision, that beautiful story, I, I wake up every morning and when I think about all the animals and human beings who are suffering, when I think about the dogs that are still in cages and crates in China and in the United States, because yeah. as much as we condemn China, let's remember there's 60,000 dogs here too. in cages subjected to experiments that frankly are more brutal and yeah. awful than what's happening in dog meat farms. Yeah. You know, Ridgeland, I, it's funny. And it's, <laughs> I did get arrested and beaten up in China for rescuing those dogs, mm. but the United States, but the Chinese government didn't prosecute me in the United really? States. We removed three dogs from openly removed three dogs from an experimentation facility mm-hmm. in Dane County, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I'm facing significant felony charges for it. The government has come after us. Really? Even though this is a place that I kid you not, one of the things they have sent dogs to is to be force-fed laundry detergent. Oh, gosh. To the point that there's so much laundry detergent that's eating away oh, the insides please. that they vomit blood for hours oh, and die. Gosh. And this is not 
propaganda for me. You can go look at the study no, itself, yeah. which is a published study that describes the dog's vomiting blood for two to four hours and then collapsing and dying. And if you've ever had very serious digestive pain, you know that it I is have. one of the worst pains in the world. Yes, it is. It is awful. You cannot walk. Yeah. I've had very bad digestive pain once in my life, intestinitis, when my intestines were inflamed. Mm-hmm. And this is just inflammation. Yeah. This is not a chemical not eating a chemical. through my intestines yeah, exactly. and my esophagus and my stomach. This is just <sighs> inflammation. And it put me on my bed for a week. I could oh not even gosh. stand. It was so yeah. painful. And these dogs, poor animals. they're eating laundry detergent. And do we and, need and another laundry detergent? Do we need we already know the it's toxic. 673rd laundry detergent? We have it's plenty ridiculous. of laundry detergent. Yeah. Or, Come even, on. Who gives a shit? Even if it, we didn't have laundry detergent, let's just have stinky clothes. I'd rather have a stinky shirt yeah. than have a dog drink, or not just drink, but be force-fed laundry detergent. Yeah. And they force-feed beagles specifically yeah. because beagles are gentle. Yeah. You could it's force disgusting. a pipe down their throat and pump oh. laundry detergent in their stomach and they will not, not me, bite back. That makes me sick. That is so messed up. It's, it's so it needs messed to up. End. And that must, happens in the United States. End. So as, as much as we condemn, and I'm, I'm not saying don't condemn the Chinese. Let's condemn the Chinese and the Chinese government for what's happened to animals in wet markets, wildlife trade, rhinos, elephants, all that stuff needs to end. end. But let's make sure we get our own business in order too here in the yeah. United States because there are awful let's, things happening. we got to focus here but, too. Absolutely. But here's the thing. If all I thought about was beagles being force-fed laundry detergent, or dogs being clubbed to death and then thrown in a vat of boiling oily oil, mm. sometimes still conscious and waking up when they get doused with this oil and realize that they're being boiled alive. I would have night terrors for the rest of my life. I'd be a walking zombie and I might actually kill myself. Like I, I'm serious. Yeah. And you wouldn't be able to do your and work. I wouldn't be able to do and it with my work. you wouldn't have an organization. But, exactly. But yeah. it's, it's, that's not what I think about. What I think about is Oliver. Mm-hmm. You know, the little one that we got out, who, yeah. when we got him out, he was hairless. Mm-hmm. He had parasites filling up his belly. Oh my gosh. He was starving to death. Even though he was a dog meat dog, yeah. he was so scared because he was in a pen where there were bigger dogs who had been fighting for the food oh. that when you set out food, he'd run away because mm-hmm. he assumed that you'd hit him or bite him or oh, hurt him. That breaks my and heart. he still has food, fear, and anxiety now to yeah. this day. Like when yeah. you set out food, he's like, are you going to hit me for this? Oh. You know? But I know every day he's getting better. He's mm-hmm. healing. He's recovering. He's learning yeah. to love. He's yeah. learning the world is not a dangerous place. Yeah. And he has made so much progress. It is a fucking miracle. So that's what I'm talking about. It's a miracle. That's what I think about. The amazing stories. The next time I go into a factory farm, I don't think about the fact that I'm going to see animals collapse on the ground, slowly Mm -hmm. rotting to death. I don't think about the fact that there are slaughterhouses where literally thousands of animals will be torn to pieces alive. I think about the one we're going to save. Yeah. And that's what keeps you going. Exactly. So that, that, that's, that's how the I, way do I do it too. And that's it's, and, it's and the have only way faith, to do it. And have faith that you can save yeah. more. And there are good people and there are people that want to help and they yeah. want to do good and, and they just have to be educated. For sure. And that's yeah. our job. Including right? people in these industries. Yes, Because there have been people in these industries who have helped us. Oh yeah. A lot of And people. they want to help because they yeah, see because what, they what see they're doing is wrong. Exactly. The facilities and the dog meat tray. So it was, you know, yeah. As much as, again, we criticize the Chinese, that investigation, which was on Nightline, we were on national television for this investigation. My, my little incredible. boy, Oliver, he went from being a sad, miserable, terrified dog who's three weeks away from being beaten to death and eaten, even in China, to being on national television, having people from all over the country write to us and say, your dog is a hero. And he oh, is. Wow. Oliver's my hero. That's incredible. Yeah. But, but the thing is, we would not have been able to do that investigation if not for the fact that were local people helped me every step of the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. People who are sometimes even... They're angels. Someone involved in the wet markets, yeah. you know, they, cause yeah. they know, they know when the slaughterhouse is in yeah. operation. They know when you can get in, when you can get out, 
you know, I still got caught because I didn't follow their advice very well. But, no. but we got caught after we rescued dogs and after we got a lot of footage. Yeah, but so, you, you take key. a lot of risks too, and I really hand it to you. That's incredible yeah, we that all you have do. To. But 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 everyone has their own job. Like For you're sure. you're really good at doing you know what you're doing. We're really good at doing what we're so like we yeah. all work together. Everyone has their own. Jane's do, amazing at what she does. I mean, you know, people are on the ground in Africa. The Rangers. We've yeah. got you know the media people. I mean, we all work together, and that's the thing. We we can't. Uh, there's so many things separating us um, or trying to separate us. Mm-hmm, we can't mm-hmm. let that happen. We have to work together because that's the only way we can save the animals sure. is if we all come together. Yeah. And that's why I started World Animal News Yeah. because I thought, you know what? I know what's going on and I know all the good organizations, but no one else all knows stuff. what's going yeah. on. We need to, how are we going to mainstream this? Yeah. So that's, that's how it all started. You do an amazing job with that. And I'm so I grateful try. to you for amplifying <laughs> storylines that trying. the mainstream media doesn't amplify We're enough. Trying. And I, I just, I talked to Jane yesterday and yeah. she's working hard on this too. She does a great but job you too. And, you and Jane have done such tremendous work. Oh, thank you. And I so appreciate thank you. it. Because at a time when a lot of folks in the animal rights movement even were yeah. scared that our work was too radical, you stepped up and helped us. And I was oh, we're all you were always you helping you. And and I yeah. have been a supporter of you guys. I love the work that you guys do from the beginning. Oh, I mean, you, no, really. And and um, yeah, I mean, even when we're doing the stories, like I'm just like, we have to we have to highlight this. Like I got yeah. an email from DXC. This is so important what they're doing. Mm-hmm. We have to because this is the only way there's a, there's a way to do it though, too. Mm-hmm. Like we do a happy story and then we do the undercover investigation and sure. then we do the anti-poaching. We try to mix it up with the farm animals, even though I love wildlife and that's sure. my, my passion, endangered species, the rescue stories, the dogs and yep. cats, cause we got the dog and cat people. You got the wildlife people. You got the mm-hmm. farm animal people. You got the vegan people. We want to make everyone happy, even though yep. it's hard to make everyone happy, but we try to. So sure. we, we try to do a delicate balance, you know, yeah. but I mean, that's why, that's why I started it. Cause I thought, gosh, yeah. I want to be the first to have an animal news, like mainstream it, you know, on, yeah. a, on a national scale, maybe, or an international scale, maybe For a, sure. a show on BBC would be like my dream, dream. my ultimate goal, Let's world animal it. news on BBC. But, um, but seriously, and, and I'm not going to stop until it happens. It's right. good. It needs to happen. And we need to talk about environmental issues. We need to talk about our oceans. We need to talk mm-hmm. about, talk about what we're doing to the polar ice caps and what's yeah. happening, you know, just, oh God, the sea levels rising and the acidification of the oceans yeah. and Deoxygenation. Uh, That's actually one that we're not yeah. talking much about that I wrote about recently. But Yes, we need to plant that, more trees. Did you know that 60% of deep, deep sea fish have disappeared over the last 10 years because I believe of it. deoxygenation? I believe it, yeah. It's one of the and things it, that we don't think it's directly related to climate change and the destruction we're causing to the world. Absolutely, and yeah. It's all these species and individual animals are just suffocating. They're dying off, yeah. Because it's, yeah. the water that's hot doesn't sink. And mm-hmm. if, if the water doesn't sink, there's no oxygen. At that the makes mid sense. And deep yeah. Sea levels. That makes sense. And because cold water is denser, it's like more packed tightly than mm-hmm. what hot water. Hot water expands mm-hmm. and it's lighter. And so, you know, if you ever had like hot water and cold water, mm-hmm. hot water rises to the top, cold yeah. water sinks. And the way the oceans normally work before climate change yeah. was the hot water goes to the Arctic regions and it's cold there. So it sinks to the bottom and it creates a cycle where oh, the wow. ocean is mixing and oxygen spreads throughout the most important ecosystem on the planet Earth. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. most of the life on this Earth. Is aquatic life. It's yeah. not actually terrestrial life. Yeah. And, and all the oxygen comes, most of the oxygen, yeah. sorry, comes from, from the, the ocean. Air. It comes from the ocean. From the ocean. Both the oxygen from the yeah. ocean. And But if that cycle stops, a lot of bad things happen. One of the bad things that's already happening is all the fish suffocating and suffering from oh, oxygen terrible. stress. Yeah. Um, but I didn't actually get to the question. I want to ask two questions about religion and then sure, I want sure, to sure. talk about the documentary. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You've got a documentary yeah, coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the question is this. Um, I don't know much about Christianity, but mm-hmm. one of the things I read about Christianity was a piece um, by a former professor of mine who's also a federal judge in mm-hmm. law school. His name is Dick Posner. He's one of the most cited law professors and judges in actually the history of law. So he's oh, wow. a very prominent professor. Yeah. 
And he wrote about this dichotomy in not just Christianity, but also Judaism and Islam between animals and human beings. Mm-hmm. That, and that Christianity was the first religion to set humans apart from the other animals. And he wrote about this, I don't know if it was meant to justify and defend human domination of animals, but that's what it felt to me. Mm. So as a Christian mm. yourself, yeah. you know, what do you say to that? It's, it's a... It's an interpretation also, okay. you know, so you I believe it's, that, it's how, no, 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 of course not. When they say dominion over animals, well, what does that mean? I, I, I take it as dominion as far as we're their caretakers. Mm. We're supposed to be the guardians of this planet. Oh, you know what? There's Let's a window. Sh- shut this door. <laughs> Much better. <laughs> I was like, there's a window open. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So we'll get back to the. Yeah. So please continue. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. this, this theory that humans are separate from animals, that humans were made in God's image, and that animals, therefore, are lesser beings that we're entitled to use. No, no, What do I you say to that, that as a Christian? Uh, I believe that humans are made in God's image, but mm-hmm. we are flawed, right? Um, but uh, as far as the dominion over animals, um, the dominion doesn't mean that we, we have power as far as their caretakers. We're their guardians. We're supposed to be protective over them and the planet. That's what, what I believe dominion is. Mm-hmm. Other people think dominion is we can use them and do whatever we want with them. That's not what God wants. That's why there's an ark as well. Mm. You save you uh, all the animals, the all the animals yeah. in the ark, and, so, and the human and the pair, mm-hmm. exactly, and uh, a pair of each, so they can uh, procreate. So that's the thing. It's um, the dominion for me is how are we going to care for this earth? Mm-hmm. How are we going to protect it? How are we going to save these animals? For sure. For me, that's what that's my interpretation, and that's what I believe. Yeah. So, do you know Matthew Scully? I don't. Have you read his book? I haven't, no. Oh, Dominion's a beautiful book. No, but I heard. Yeah, you should I heard. I will. I think I you'd should. like it. I should. That was the first time I heard the I contrary should. argument. Because I, again, I told you I went through this very anti-religious phase and part of it was, yeah. you know, I'm like an animal lover and I thought, mm, these fucking Christians, you know, they <laughs> think they're so better than all the animals. Don't they realize Darwin said we're all the same? And, you know, and then I read Matthew Scully and it totally blew my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, there's like a, because he's, he's actually a conservative. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not just a Christian. He's a conservative Christian who... Mm-hmm you know, was chief speechwriter for George W. Bush and mm-hmm. not the sort of person that someone like me would necessarily agree with on a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most beautiful books I've ever I read. And he made the it. same yeah. point that you made. And he's written a lot of other stuff since then that is mm-hmm. just beautiful. And it shows the way he describes it. It's, it's like a guardian relationship. It's almost like we're, you know, dominion biblically is about us being their parents, yeah, you know, protectors. Like, they're, they're protectors. protectors and you wouldn't eat your kids just because you have power over them. I mean, yeah, so you have responsibility for them. Exactly. It's, it's not just about using and, them. And this earth and this earth and, and, the, and, earth. Our, and the trees and the forest and the rainforest and Absolutely. just like the, you know, the legislation that we're introducing for the fourth year in a row in California yeah. to protect our rainforest awesome. and, and all the species. But, you know, everything is connected. So if we take one, the it's just going to be a trickle down effect. And it, eventually it's going to come to humans that are going to be affected. So sure. once we uh, deforest the earth, then we lose all the species, the orangutans, all the species that are in a forest. Uh, and then, you know, the oceans go and the sea life and all that. And then humans are the last. We, so we, we're we going to see the, the, yeah. the most terrible effects because we're going to be the only ones left yeah. without nothing, without anything. So I, I lied. I'm going to ask you one of the questions. Sure, about sure, Because sure. it's really it. interesting yeah, to me. Yeah. As someone who doesn't know much about this and has, yeah, yeah, there aren't no, a lot of Christians yeah. in where I live in Berkeley, or at least not a lot of, you know, Outspoken. Christians, yeah, like there might be Christians that I just don't yeah, know about. And no, actually, I'm, I'm totally comfortable. You know that. the other the other Christian I know in the animal rights event. Do you know who who it is? Oh, was she with the Humane Society with Blonde? No. Oh, it's a guy. I don't he used know. Used to be a PETA in Farm Sanctuary. It's Bruce I, Friedrich. Okay, I didn't do know, you know that. Bruce? No, I do not know. No. God, you should meet Bruce. Okay. He would love you so much. <laughs> no, because no, I'm serious. He would love you because 
he likes people who try to bring the movement together because oh, cool. he's always trying to work. I mean, yeah, that's what we're trying you to wouldn't do. think that Bruce would like someone like me. And I'm kind of confused as to why he likes someone like me because he's <laughs> oh, like very you're such mainstream. A nice person. No, but he's like super, you know, he's like, yeah, he's, first of all, just strategically, our vision is so different. He's the yeah. head of GFI. Oh, Food okay. Institute, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's working with like all these billionaires and he's like, he does very, great work. He yes. does great work. I mean, he great works with work. Pat Brown and Impossible Foods, Ethan Brown. Yeah. Is it Ethan Brown? Ethan Brown. Ethan's so Beyond. nice too. You know these Ethan. guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know any of them. Yeah. I know Bruce. Yeah. I love Beyond but Bruce, Meat. Bruce, <laughs> Beyond Meat's amazing. Everyone yeah. go get a Beyond Burger right <laughs> now. Even if you get the McPlant. Even if you get the McPlant, if that's what you got to do, do it. Just try it. Just try it. Yeah. Um, cause Katie and I will both say it's yeah, fucking it's delicious. It's so good. Yeah. Katie oh. wouldn't say fucking cause she's probably. No, I, I do. Mouth. Maybe do not oh, on. <laughs> I've never heard you curse. <laughs> on the podcast. I, you could say no, it. It's not, I'm it's, Italian not Irish. Podcast. There you go. From Chicago. That's all. That's <laughs> all I need to say. Uh, Bruce in, and he's, he's not as out as you are. And I didn't even know you were a Christian until the oh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah. But Bruce has sent me emails and he, he shared with me a little about his faith before I went to trial a few months ago. And it actually helped me a lot. Really? And he is one of these people like you who just always tries to help all the other animal rights activists. There's a lot of animal rights activists who, I mean, it's just natural human instincts. You're sort of territorial. They kind of do it on their own. They want to do it on their own. You want to do your own stuff. You want to do it alone. No, I like and to help you. You and Bruce both have. Honestly, almost like a Christ-like attitude towards activism. Where it's really? Just like, you want to help everyone. You see yourself as a servant of the animals and the movement. Well, that's why I started Peace for Animals. Yeah. Truly, truly. And, yeah, and, and you I, do a good I, job I would love to talk really, with, with Bruce. But, yeah, but I'm going to put you in touch after this. Because I think yeah. both of you are Christians. And yeah. he's been a part of the Christian Vegetarian Association, I think, for a long time. I don't even know there's a Christian. I need yeah. to join that. You should. <laughs> Christian you should. Okay, cool. And he's just... Nice. He's such a great guy. When you go to DC, you should hang out with him. I would love to. Absolutely. We got a, we got a whole wolf coalition there, cool. a Realist Wolves Coalition awesome. that we're trying go to Go to DC, hang out with Bruce. His wife, Alka, is amazing. Oh, cool. Awesome. And, and they're doing really yeah. important work on plant based You have to connect too. us. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's about helping. I mean, that's truly why, like, a lot of the organizations, like, we'll share whatever. Like, we'll, we don't, you know, whoever's doing good work, we want to yeah. highlight that because that's, that's the only way we're going to be able to get the word out. Because yeah. I have that ability because I grew up in the business, sure. I grew up in entertainment. So I have that reach to not only people that we know, because yeah. we don't want to preach, to the, continue to preach to the choir because that's what we do. We want to get the people that are the mediators and then mm-hmm, the people mm-hmm. that maybe aren't as compassionate about animals. And, sure. you know, and we want to get the hunters, you know, on board to, 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 really reverse what they're doing yeah. and, and even Joe Rogan. compassion Let's get Joe Rogan. I, I'll have a, I'll sit down with Joe Rogan. <laughs> Let's I'll, make him a I'll change show. him in a second. Yeah. I'll tell he's you that he's talking about hunting and he's always bashing vegans and I don't care. No, I'll, I would love to get on his show. Can we convince him? It'd be you. I'll try to convince right. him. Um, I think I will. But the, the two questions I, I originally said, two questions and that's going to become three about religion. Then I want to talk about the documentary. Have you had luck? trying to convince Christians of this view of animals? Because I've yeah, found, really, you I have, have love. I have. What's because, the key? Is it because you're Christian? Because all my Christian? friends are animal lovers. <laughs> okay. So to they're Christians honest, who are already animals. They're not really, uh, I wouldn't say they're religious though. They're, okay. they're Christians. They're they Christians. believe in God. They believe in Jesus. But um, it's not an organized religion thing. It's, I, I wouldn't say so. No, okay. because when, when I mentioned, you know, like, well, people say the dominion and they said, I don't agree with that. Really? And I'm Christian. Huh. A lot of people don't agree with that. Interesting. Yeah. Because okay. they love animals. They rescue animals. They save animals themselves. So, okay. um, yeah, I, I truly believe that organized religion is not helping. Okay. It's a personal connection. Okay, cool. It's a personal, it's within yourself too. Yeah. And it's your, your belief and, and that feeling that you get that when something's, you know, not going, they're like, oh, you, you got a feeling maybe that's not right. Sure. You got to listen to that feeling. Or if you're feeling, wow, I got to go for it. This is, now is the time. You got to listen to your intuition. Yeah. Because I, I, and I also believe that you have guardians. I believe mm-hmm. in angels. I believe that you have guardians and I've been saved. Hmm. That's for another time. That's another, another, another podcast. podcast. But um, I have been saved several times. Um, I believe by my guardian angel. Okay. Again, another miracle that there's no way that 
it's so hard to explain. Like the people that were with me saw it happen. But if I were to tell you, you would just be like, that's amazing. That's amazing. But, um, to, to witness things that I witnessed are truly divine. Hmm. And I'm not just saying just me. I'm just sure. saying in general. Like if I just happen to. This, I, if yeah. you witness this, you'd be like, you'd be the same, "Holy the shit!" Yeah. Literally, I shouldn't have said that. There but, you go. But, you said it. Now, now I've got you. <laughs> no, we've but, got but, proof but, that Katie has a dirty mouth. But truly, I, no, no, no. You would be like, <laughs> I can't believe this. You know, I shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. But you know, no, it's okay. See, Don't worry. This is all flawed. We're all flawed. What are you gonna do? No, I actually didn't curse at all until my first job as a lawyer was as a practicing lawyer was in Chicago and I was with a bunch of trial lawyers. Well, you're in Chicago too. Sailors. Yeah, they, like every third word was the F word. Chicago and I didn't actually said. curse that much and I just, it's weird when you're surrounded by people are cursing, you start cursing too. You're like, okay. So okay. that's actually a good segue to my last question about religion because um, you talked about guardian angels and being protected because mm-hmm. of your faith um, and it's funny that you're talking about this because I was just hanging out with one of my few friends who's Christian Oh wow! And he was talking about how, and I feel like he was sort of talking about me, even though he wasn't talking about me. Okay. But he was talking about how he was trying to save his his family members and friends in the moments before they die, because he's Christian. Oh, okay. And okay. he wants to make sure they say the Lord's Prayer. Or, I mean, I don't even know what exactly mm-hmm. you have to do to be saved. Because um, he's really scared that the people he loves who don't believe mm. are going to hell. You know, so I mean... Mm. What do you think is going to happen to someone like me? I mean, there's a chance. Maybe I become Christian at some point, but I'll say it's pretty unlikely given... Well, I, I, I believe that, you know, it's not, it's not our job to judge either. Hmm. You know, only God judges. So I think that that's going to be, you know, when we do pass, that's going to be up to God. You know, who, whatever happens. I do believe in heaven and hell. I know that mm-hmm. it's... I, I say no, but I do believe that it's very sure. real um, because this is, like I said, a fallen world. Um, it says that, hmm. it does say that in the Bible. Um, that this is both heaven and hell. And, and we can attest that that is true. Hmm. There's both good and evil sure. here. We see it all the time. You see it you firsthand. I've Absolutely. seen it firsthand. Yeah. And I've seen the amazing good people and the good things and miracles and all that. So um, this is a mixture of both. So I, yeah, I think we all, in the end, we will be judged. And that's so truly, I would believe. you think people have to believe in this particular faith? Um, I believe, to, I, uh, to, to believe in, uh, to God and believe in God. And because hmm. we are such limited beings. We don't sure. know. It's yeah. not our job to know. So yeah. and I think um, when the time comes, we will, you know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. We will I mean, meet that him. Makes sense. We will meet him. <laughs> it's, it's a hard thing for me about Christianity, though, because to me, it's yeah. like I see so many good people out there who are not believers in any particular faith, or they believe a faith different than yeah, what yeah. you believe, or yeah. what a Jew believes, or a Muslim believes. Yeah. And one of the appeals to me of Buddhism is it's kind of all the same. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just about, you know, like, I don't even necessarily believe strictly in karma and I don't believe it in any metaphysical sense, but it's, it's just about the kindness you show, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't matter and that's actually what your beliefs though. are. It's that's just about your actions kindness and, and how much karma you're creating. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's so important too. And that is, that is doing God's work though on, mm. the, on this earth. When you're spreading compassion and love and you're fighting for the light, yeah, you are, you know, you're working for the greater good. Yeah. You're working okay. for the light. You're working for God. So we are doing God's work. You're yeah. doing God's work. Well, thank you. And uh, everyone in this movement that's um, trying to save the animals for for them, for their greater good, cool. for the animals' greater good, is doing God's work. Awesome. That's what I believe. All right, so let's talk about yeah. the work you've done over the last couple of years in this documentary. And yeah. Chasing poachers <laughs> in Africa. So maybe I'll just start by asking you this. What is the craziest, or I shouldn't say craziest, um, you know, I got a friend who always tells me, don't say crazy, that's ableist. So, and it actually is. It's like, you know, there are people who are legitimately crazy and it's, it's, an, it's actually a mental condition. But what is the most absurd experience you found yourself in in the uh, process of shooting this documentary? Because I've only amazing. seen the trailer. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait to see the entire movie. But Thank I've only you. seen yeah, the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And even the trailer seems very the, dramatic. 
It's very dramatic. But yeah. what is what is the most absurd situation you found yourself Gosh. in over the last couple of years in shooting this movie? I would say the most intense thing. You know, I would say um, saving an orangutan that mm. was pregnant in the middle of what we thought was a rainforest, but it was a palm oil rubber plantation. Holy and, crap! Um, and we didn't know she was pregnant at the time. So, so you were um, trespassing? So no, no. Well, they were going to bulldoze the this oh, rubber plantation. Oh, okay. So it's wild plant. land. They were going to yeah, bulldoze they were going to palm oil plantation. Well, no, it was it was uh, palm oil and a rubber plantation mixed, okay. and they were going to bulldoze it to replant it. And so hmm. they, so original, I mean, I guess this orangutan had already been shot and we didn't know until we had darted mm. her. So we're working with the orangutan information center was all being filmed for the documentary. We had no idea what to expect. I'm like in the middle of the rainforest, it's super hot. I'm sweating. I'm like running in the rainforest. I'm like, sure. and there's a crew running and you know, obviously the forest ground is very unstable. So people are like falling. We're trying to, you know, it like an hour waiting in the ra- middle of the rainforest. But for, can I ask you a question? How did you even yeah. get access to this place? If it was a palm oil, plantation? it was, uh, the, the, they were called in. So the orangutan information center, I see. They're so they, called in. so we went along the with them. people at the plantation. They said, Hey, so, we got this orangutan here. Yeah, and, and we're going to bulldoze them unless you do something. About exactly. It. That That's usually what happens. So okay. they get the heads up. Hey, I'm you glad they come called in you. And, well, Instead thank of just bulldozing the place. Well, thank God, right? Yeah. And, and I think sometimes, I'm sure you've seen those images where the mm-hmm. orangutans are hanging on and sure. it is being bulldozed and no one knows who to call. Yeah. So thank God <sighs> that they they called the orangutan information center. And Panute is the head of this center. Yeah. Is he and, the guy who's and, interviewed in the trailer? Yeah. And so yeah, he, he's awesome. He's, he looks like a badass. He's so cool. He's yeah. so cool. I just, I talked with him last week and cool. he's like, how's everything going? But anyway, so he, um, and he founded this because he felt like he was called by the orangutans, mm. literally. And, 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 and from a spiritual perspective, um, mm-hmm. to be there, there to help them to, to be their guardians. Yeah. Right. And he says that in the documentary, cause I said, you know, wh- why this? And he said, he f- believes it's a calling mm-hmm. and, you know, orangutan in Indonesian means, uh, people of the forest. Hmm. So, uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So and I just I learned that too. And, and when I was in Indonesia, we were in Sumatra and Borneo. And, um, to be honest, comparing that to Africa, I didn't feel as safe in Indonesia really as a, as a woman. Why? I did not. There was sort of sexual harassment? Uh, I didn't feel as safe. I felt like they were looking at um, the, the Western women mm-hmm. thinking, don't don't influence our women here. Interesting. So you're don't, like a don't danger, you bring your corruption views, to Don't you bring society. your you know, feminism yeah. and all that and your wow. empowerment here. Interesting. They looked at us as a threat. That's okay. what I felt. Um, like, I liked Indonesia. Did, they, did, did you feel I physically did. in danger? No, 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 no. I felt they were looking at like, like we were these like who are these women why are they sure. here you know and and who so are just all hostility. these other these these men was western mm. men with them and what are they filming and what are they mm-hmm. doing here mm-hmm. and we're there for the animals i felt more safe in africa wow interestingly Interesting. enough even though you're going against poachers in africa <laughs> who have guns that I mean. too <laughs> I, I for some reason i have a very strong connection to africa i feel like africa's huh. in my heart i felt like i was home when i went there i thought oh my gosh this okay, is where i'm from that okay, that's finish, all the finish so, Indonesia sorry. story first so, no no i, I want to hear about the yeah yeah story so, too, so really the most intense thing i think i've ever done besides swimming with whale sharks was um saving this female orangutan that was pregnant and we uh-huh. didn't know she was pregnant until um the dart had kicked in after an hour we're tracking her and again this is another thing i was doing i was um i feel like I can, I have the ability to sense things at a strong level hmm. and possibly communicate, um, non, obviously non-verbally, but, but I kept sending this orangutan my thoughts, like move to lower branches. Mm. You need to move to lower branches. Otherwise she's so going to fall and break her neck. Her. Yeah. So she was so high up in the trees, like a hundred yeah. feet high. And I'm like, wow. Oh my gosh, if she falls and she misses this net, she's going to break we're, her neck. She's dead. Yeah. She's dead. So I thought, okay, what am I, what can I do? What can I do? And I just kept like really focusing and then please move to lower branches. Please, please move to lower branches. Like, please, like, otherwise you're, we can't save you. You mm. won't be able to, we won't be able to catch you in this net. Sure. It's a huge orangutan. Yeah. Like, How big are they? Uh, 
I mean, like About two, 200, 250 pounds. So bigger than a human. Massive. Wow. Um, just their, their mass. I mean, sure. obviously their height, no, yeah. but they're just their mass. They're big and strong. Um, they're yeah. big and strong. So she did. Wow. And so she how, broke how her fall. Her? So they call you in they and they know, say there's an they, orangutan in the tree. The orangutan information center, they track them and they okay. do this, what, a couple times a month at least. Okay. Wow. And so I don't know how they do it, but they are experts. They were born and raised there. Mm-hmm. They know the forest like the back of their hand, literally. And so she moved to lower branch, branches. And when I saw her, my face was like, I can't, I was just sweating. And mm-hmm. I was in such a panic mode. Like if this, if she falls and breaks her neck, there's no way I'm going to ever freak. Like, this is going to be a nightmare. This is, this This is the most horrible thing thing I I would ever witness. And and for this poor animal that's, we're trying to save. Right. So she, did you say she, she, is she watching you? How is she responding to all these human beings down there? Because they had darted her because it was, you know, the sedative to be able to move her. So it was kicking in. So I think she was a little disoriented, but she, she moved to lower branches and I kept like trying to send that to her, that message to her and she was holding on. And right when she lost consciousness, she she held onto the lower branch and she fell into the net and they caught her, but it was, yeah, you see this in the trailer, that moment. Yeah. The distance from where she was a hundred feet up in the tree to where she was like half that distance. Mm -hmm. She felt, I mean, it was a very short, short distance. Thank God. Yeah. But I mean, another miracle. And then we were able, and we found out she was pregnant Pregnant. and we found, we found a bullet in her side. So she had gotten shot. shot. Yes. Why do they shoot them? They, they consider them pests. Pests. Yeah, because they want. I mean, it's so money and greed palm for palm oil. Or, or the, palm oil. Or the, I guess. What do you? Rubber or palm rubber? oil? Okay. Both. So they're just kind of like taking or damaging the product in some way. It's so just, just you know they they could like how are they going to get that? They want to plant the yeah. palm oil. You know, and how many trees, orangutans so are left them? in the world? Do we know? It's oh my not gosh, many, right? um, there's not many. I would say if but I. But they are an endangered to, species, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sumatran, Borneo. There's specific Java and um, yeah. specific reason, regions. Sorry, in Indonesia. Um, if I were to guess. Mm. Gosh, I don't know, from 7,000 to 14,000, but oh, I would say it's many. on the lower lower end. Um, I would have to look. I mean, obviously yeah. it changes all the time, but sure. um, But we were both in Sumatra and Borneo wow. working with those orangutans. And so th- that was the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. Sure. Besides the whale sharks. Okay. Which we should ask you. We should talk about that too. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. What drew you to orangutans? What is it about orangutans that made you want to document their journey and the struggles you know, their community is faced. And I think it is a community. It's not just a species. It is. It's a community. Because they have social relationships. Oh, absolutely. They have families just like us. So interconnected. I truly, I believe it was through my friend, Paul Hilton. Hmm. He was, he's been on the ground there in the lesser ecosystem, lesser ecosystem um, Mm -hmm. in Indonesia, trying to raise awareness for orangutans and not only orangutans, but the last job in rhinos, Mm -hmm. um, uh, gosh, there's hardly any lion, uh, sorry, uh, tigers left, Mm -hmm. uh, Sumatran tigers. Um, but I mean, there's so many little, populations of, of these species. I mean, Javan rhinos, I mean, they're literally on the brink of extinction. Yeah. They're knocking on extinction's wall. I mean, mm-hmm. because of poaching. Um, so I would say it's because of Paul and, and the fact that, you know, he said this needs attention. And I'm like, well, what is this, this loser ecosystem he keeps talking about and all these amazing photos of these animals. And so I reached out to him and I said, you know, we need to include this in the documentary. documentary. Could you take us through and show us, you know, on the ground what's happening? And mm. he did. Awesome. And so, and, and that's where, and so Paul was the one who was bringing you around in Indonesia when you exactly. did this. Yeah, shoot. he okay. was, he was, and he's incredible. His okay. knowledge and he's really focused on Indonesia um, mm-hmm. and orangutan specifically. And of course the rhinos and the, and the tigers. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're like 
right up close when this happened. I mean, you're like, oh, I was, feet there. Away I was when this orangutan right there. I was okay. there. Yeah. Did you interact right with the orangutans after that or before that? What was the experience like? Yeah. I mean, with that specific orangutan, you know, we, we released her later on that night and that was okay. another experience that Just was somewhere else. I was safe, yeah, another basically. like a primary forest a I see. forest that has been, that is established that's okay. been there for a very long time. So primary forest is critical because they have more food, mm-hmm. you know, they can live in that primary forest. And the things are herbivores, right? They just eat plants. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do. Yeah. So, uh, so this one, so we had hit a really bad storm that night mm-hmm. and because I was directing and producing and I was responsible for everybody wh- where we were driving in the rainforest, we were going to release her. It turned into a river. Hmm. And it was, the river was literally running under our Jeep. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> oh my God. Are we going to drown I said, in this I said, I said no, I'm responsible. Like, this is serious. Like we're, you know, it's like almost midnight. <laughs> yeah. It's getting pretty dangerous. We can't sure. see anything. I said, we can't spend too much time here. We got to release her and we got to get out of here. Sure. And it was literally to where we were going to get swept away in this river because of the storm <sighs> being so bad. So that was like so another So the water's scary... like literally under your truck mm-hmm. or your, what is yeah. it, a truck, a Jeep Yeah, or it was a Jeep okay. or whatever. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh and it was just, it was not, it was a dangerous situation. Like, yeah. And then, you know, um, paddling up a river also, um, to get to a ranger station in, in, was in Sumatra, uh-huh. um, in a little dugout canoe, um, with all of our gear thinking, and there's alligators yeah. and crocs in, in this water. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, yeah, like what if we tip over? That's it. We're done. Yeah. All this gear, everybody in the water yeah. with crocodiles and yeah. alligators. Yeah, all- so there's. But there's a couple, uh, <laughs> there are a couple, of couple things moments. that we, and I'm thinking back, I said, Paul, I said, if uh, like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm like, this is crazy. And he's like, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. And I said, okay, sure. <laughs> All right. I know you've been here many times before, but we have a lot of gear on these yeah. dugout canoes huh. going up two hours up this. Sure. Yeah. So there was, yeah, Sumatra and, and Borneo is no joke. Yeah. It is no joke. I believe it. Yeah. But it's exciting. So after Moments I got back, I'm like, woo. I yeah. go, wow. I go, that was something. I said, that was more intense than Africa. And yeah. You can't get more intense than Africa. Interesting. <laughs> so actually, I didn't even ask you, why'd you decide to shoot this documentary? What's the documentary called? So everyone knows. Yeah, it's called Why on Earth. Why on Earth. And, okay, and why'd you and, decide to do this? Uh, well, I did the first one. Uh, first mm-hmm. one, um, I did, uh, I woke up one morning. It was right when I founded, uh, well, actually at the same moment, it was an epiphany. Uh, in 2012, um, I founded World Animal News, Peace mm-hmm. for Animals. And I thought, you know, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I said, what can I do to help animals? I was still working in entertainment at that point. Uh, it was about 30. What, this is as an old. actor? Uh, modeling and acting and modeling hosting and, and all that. And okay. I thought, I feel like I'm not doing enough. So at that moment, that's when those three ideas, so World Animal mm-hmm. News, Peace for Animals, and the first documentary, Give Me Shelter, okay. popped in my head. And the first person I called was my best friend from Chicago. And I thought, do you want to um, produce and direct and help me with this my documentary, my first documentary. Awesome. And I think I want to call it Give Me Shelter. Mm-hmm. And she said, are you serious? And I said, mm-hmm. yeah, will you come out to LA and, and help me? And she did. The next, she packed up everything. The next week she was out in LA and we started Give Me Shelter. That's awesome. And then, is um, she in the film industry? She, yeah, she majored she in, in that's industry. why I called her. Okay, yeah, cool. uh, majored in the, at Indiana at IU. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so you I remember I'm from Indiana. Oh, I told you I'm from yeah, Indiana. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so Born I called her and she came out and that was, that's why I was like, gosh, she's the perfect person to bring Do, she, do I know her? Is she, she's an animal artist. Uh, Kristen Rizzo. Yeah, she, she's, well, she, she comes Rizzo. back and forth. I know forth. that name. I think you may have. I probably met her. Maybe like a legislative Yeah, uh-huh. She's been with us. I think I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a crew of like all 
beautiful women who are always hanging around <laughs> Judy Mancuso, who's a beautiful woman too. Oh, God. You got you're your funny. like, you our, know, our crew little of LA, you know, <laughs> glamorous woman. And I oh, think I funny. met her one, she's, one she's time. with us. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. at a couple okay, events. Cool. Yeah. I so know she's uh, a Hoosier. So she, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not her, many and Hoosiers. her mom and, and my uncle as well. Yeah. yeah. Your uncle's yeah, a Hoosier? Yeah, my uncle is. Yep. Okay. He was, cool. uh, there are some Hoosiers. Is he an animal rights activist? Yeah. I wish. I wish. I mean, I try every, every, you know, every holiday. I try. I know very few vegetarians, vegans, or animal rights activists from Indiana. I try. Oh my gosh. Your friend Kristen and me are two of us. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So you call your yeah. friend and you so decide, I just let's said, shoot a documentary. I said, yeah, is, will you seriously come out to LA? Yeah. And she said, absolutely. And so she did. Um, and we started filming How do you get the financing shelter. for this? Did I, I use my savings. This? Okay. Just from all the for acting the first and modeling. And yeah. So I was literally, for yeah. the first six years, I was funding um, through acting and modeling and awesome. a couple commercials I did. Uh, I funded World Animal News, yeah. Peace for Animals, and my Give Me Shelter. And then I sold it to Netflix in 2015. Uh, and then that aired for about what, two years? That's awesome. And then um, and then the second one, I thought, everyone's like, why are you using your savings? You know, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, like, I, I have to do this the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I just, I went through Peace for Animals and I was okay. able to get the funding for the film. So Wonderful. it was great. And okay. the budget was, you know, but it's about maybe a million. Wow. Yeah. yeah. For, the, for the second one. Why? Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. cost of doing this high quality, long form content. Yeah. It, it right. does, we, but it's worth it. You we know, shot you on a red. The importance yeah. of all these documentaries. Yeah. Not just in the context of environmentalism or animal rights, but on all yeah. so many issues. Like oh, this, yeah. The Central wanna... Park 4 documentary series by Avu DuVernay, whatever her name is. Oh, um, yeah. That's that's a great series. I think even in a world where so much content is like one-minute TikTok videos, I think it's this long-form documentary stuff that's really transforming people's identities. Oh, I think so, too. It's not mm-hmm. enough just to see it like a 30-second snippet because it's easy to turn away from that. Yeah. It doesn't really rest a few. Yeah. When you sit down and spend that hour, hour and a half, two hours on something, that's it when it really changes things. you. Like Earthlings. So I think Earthlings. Like Sean, Sean, yeah, Sean Monson's film. I mean, that's that's I watched that in the middle of the rainforest in Costa Rica um, with my husband at the time. And that I said, never again. I will never touch meat again mm. after watching this film. Yeah, his never. film was amazing. You know, I met Sean right here. No way. <laughs> I love also, Sean. He's great. around five years ago, because um, shortly after, I think in March of 2017, you yeah. and I were at the Sundance Film Festival, or February. Yeah. Because Sundance is in February, right? right yeah, right? yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And then I think in June of 2017, we were at a fundraiser uh-huh. here. Yeah. Because Jane hosted this big fundraiser and yeah, invited you and Sean Mons, and we had these 360 experiences, yeah. VR experiences. I remember that. That was and cool. And Sean was actually one of the people, you get up here, I have to remember this. Because we had not been prosecuted at this point, you know, like we oh, thought, okay. oh, we're just getting away with this. We're doing all these rescues. Yeah. And Sean gives this rousing, you know, like diatribe against the government. <laughs> there was, I, I think everyone was like, this guy's a little intense because he says, <laughs> you all better watch out because they're coming for you now. Oh, gosh. You are going oh, to be in the crosshairs. And we're like, we're just trying to have we're a like, good time oh, geez, and have some wine. We're trying to save some animals. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to save some animals. And he's, but he was right, you know, because yeah. literally within two months, you got FBI agents going to Colorado trying to chase down these two baby pigs we say but oh anyways so that this spot and Sean yeah and Sean are very yeah, left in my memory because I remember yeah. he was standing right here after I had <laughs> spoken for a bit and yeah. we had all seen the theory experience and he's like raise a hand up he's saying they're <laughs> coming like, for you they're coming for you they're coming for you <laughs> oh, and I was geez. like this guy's a little too much I don't remember but he was this, right now, oh, no so he was funny. like saying do you this. know what they did in the ALF do you know what they did to Shaq? Do you know what they're going to do to you? Oh my God. And it was such a positive experience because the end of that experience, we, we created a VR experience, which has the same effect as honestly yeah. being in an open rescue because we do show you the awful things, but we take a piglet out who's dying and mm-hmm. we get her to the vet. 
but yeah, Sean's a great guy. He's yeah. awesome. Oh, he's his, great. He's, he's his great um, work. Great Amy's work. awesome too. I love yeah. them both. They're such They're incredible so awesome. people. Little baby. Really awesome people. <laughs> so yeah, little baby. I know vegan baby is so the best. Cute. So cute. We just did an eating plant series. They're in it actually, oh, cool. which is so cool. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It just came yeah. out today. I'll have to send it to you. Yeah. Send yeah. It it's to me. worldwide. I haven't seen Amy, Amy and, and Sean since the, the pandemic. Oh um, yeah. I've seen a lot of people since the pandemic. I haven't either. It's been like two years. It's crazy. It sucks, doesn't it? I don't know if you have, Jane was telling me she was doing okay over the last two years. Like how? Is that possible? I, I never really stopped. That's the thing. Really? Yeah. Because you're, you're, you're doing so much stuff outdoors in the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm constantly out, outdoors and stuff. And, nice. and so, Good. yeah, so cool. I wasn't really inside much, but uh, in nature, you know, okay. that's, that's, I think that's most healing, I think, okay. to be out in nature. I don't want to hold you too long and I got to oh, get going okay. too, but yeah. I do want to hear about Africa too. Sure, sure, sure. So you, yeah. Because you said, yeah. you know, you'd, well, I guess you said the whale sharks. I want to hear about that. Yeah, too. But yeah, Tell yeah. me, was, were the whale sharks? Are the whale sharks in the documentary as well? Uh, the whale sharks. You know what? We have sharks in there. We don't. I okay. don't think we have the whale sharks in there. I would have to double check. Um, well, tell me about that then, because you said that was. Yeah, the, I think the first or second most intense experience. Of yeah. The so, so, so I went. So many whale sharks. Went, I went diving with whale sharks in Mexico, and uh, it was you can actually dive with whale sharks in Mexico. Yeah. How do I yeah, not know yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> well, more more you know free diving, not you know okay. not with the tanks, but um, it was just it was incredible. It was like two hours out. Wow. Um, off the shore of Isla Mujer. And, um, I, you know, one of actually my DP said, Hey, you want to come along with What's the a DP, uh, director of photography for okay. the film? All it right. was actually right after we were done filming where we were, uh, we were, where, God, I can't think of where we were. We filmed all over the world. I don't uh -huh. know. But anyways, we were coming from one of the locations and he said, um, I'm going to, to die with whale sharks and, uh, my family's coming and, and, um, who else? And Jim Abernathy, who's a huge advocate for, mm. for, um, sea life. He's, you know, going to be heading up this big, you know, dive. And I said, oh, I would love to go. And so I just awesome. went and it was the most amazing experience of my life. And, and literally, I mean, these animals are so gentle. Mm. Um, you know, they, it looks like they're going to come for sure. you and come eat you, but they don't. You know, they don't they're, want. How big are they? They're like a ton or two. Oh, they're huge they animals. are like the size of this couch. They are wow. massive. Okay. Yeah, probably a ton. I don't know. They're they're just. I've never seen a bigger animal animal in my yeah. life, to be honest. Besides That's an amazing. elephant, but yeah. but in water. I mean, so you're swimming next to these thousands of of. Thousands of uh, whale sharks? I would say so. I mean, there's so Oh my so God. Many. I've never seen so many in my life. And not only that. Why but are they it, all but, there? But um, the manta rays. I guess it's, there's krill. There's just food there. There's, there's enough food. So that's all they want. They huh. want um, krill. So, so, and you just you know, can go out there and swim with them. And so you swim with them and um, there's Damn. a couple boats, you know, and, it, you know, you get pretty close to them, but, you know, they do it in such a way where sure. it's, you know... Um, the boats are not close, but you, yep. you know, you're literally swimming with the, with the man rays and they're and, coming, and the, you know, yeah. it, it, I was, I'm, I was so in awe, you know, it was a scary experience. Sure. I was probably the last one to get in the water. <laughs> Cause you when, could see them probably. Yeah. And I'm like, boat. okay, like, you guys go thousands first. Thousands of these hulking monsters. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't yeah. say monsters. No, no, no. Monsters can they're be gentle, beautiful. Gentle, giant, gentle giants. Like, yeah. It has thousands of these giants of the sea. I was like. And you're like, I'm a little tiny not... little creature that's going to go in yeah. there with them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what if they, they're coming at me and their mouths are open they're like, oh no, they just want the krill. And I said, what if they happen to, yeah, you know, accidentally, you suck know, you in your mouth? And they're like, oh, they'll spit you out. I go, I don't really want to <laughs> be in a whale shark's mouth. <laughs> that's not a very satisfactory answer. You yeah, said, that's a little concerning. They me? Oh, they'll probably they'll spit, just spit you out. out. I, said, I, just, like... I don't want to see the inside of a whale shark. I'm sorry, but uh, but anyways, <laughs> oh, that did funny. not happen. Thank Good. God. But no, it was it was. One of the most amazing. So you're just like snorkeling around with them, or you said free diving? Yeah, you dive yeah, down. you can dive. I mean, people were diving down. Yeah. You were, you know, we had the snorkels on too, but we yeah. had the wetsuits on, and it was just wow. That was hands down one of the most intense yeah. things I've ever done. 
that one and because they were just so they're so massive sure. like it's not just you're not swimming with i mean i've been diving with lemon sharks okay in in tahiti and i was like this is pretty cool but mm-hmm. and that was scary but you're not up close and you're not gentle giants they are sure. i mean i'm not going to say that sharks can be gentle giants yeah, but <laughs> the chances of a shark attacking you and a whale shark which is a part of the shark species sure. is different they're just different yep. uh, temperaments so um yeah yeah, comparing the lemon sharks and the whale sharks much different. <laughs> yeah, whale sharks that. are very gentle. Yeah, I've actually dived with sharks before. I think black tip sharks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and they're they're small. I mean, they're like the size of a dog. So yeah, it doesn't feel that scary. Um, yeah, but they're cool. Just the, even the way they move and swim. It's they're really incredible. Yeah, yeah, but that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. being in aquatic life, um, I don't really know how to swim. So oh, geez, no, well, it's terrible. You gotta put some floaties on. You know, Chinese people don't really learn how to swim. I think that's like a white person thing. Like you go and learn <laughs> swimming. But like my parents just wanted me to play piano and violin, you know? I, so I didn't go take, I, I don't think I took swimming lessons. So I never really learned how to swim. Probably, my mom so. just threw me in at two years oh, old. She just did, threw me in the up. pool and I just started swimming. I, I wish there I had go. that skill. I don't. So I don't really know how to swim. But the, the times that I have been swimming with animals, being in the ocean and seeing aquatic life is like going to an alien planet. That's the it's way incredible. it's Because it's just yeah. such a different universe. It's and a different you realize world the majesty of this planet and how much you don't understand. I mean, yeah. I'm sure the same is true of being in, you know, Borneo and the jungle or in Africa yeah. and, 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 and the Savannah. But yeah. to me being underwater, just cause the entire sensation, the fact that water is touching your skin everywhere, the fact that you can move up and down, yeah, you know, you I feel know. like you're flying. It's incredible. It's an incredible experience. And I really encourage everyone at some point yeah. to snorkel with wildlife. Cause you'll, you'll gain a new appreciation for yeah. all the majesty of life. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it is a different world and that's yeah. why, you know, people say, well, I can't, I don't know what's going on. I don't see it. So they feel like if they don't see it, there's no reason to really sure. protect it. But, but that's not true. I mean, you yeah. really, you know, I think the most important thing we can do is experience it and, and experience it firsthand. Yeah. Uh, ecotourism is mm-hmm. really, you know, how, what keeps these animals going and, sure. and alive and, and going to see them in the wild rather than seeing them in a tank, you yep. know, not like going to see, not going to see world yeah. going to, you know, these amazing experiences yeah. where you see whales out in the, in the ocean. Yeah. And finding ecotourism that's ethical too. Exactly. Know there's Making a lot sure of it ecotourism. that apparently is yeah. not ethical. Yeah. But and doing so your research, do the research, make yeah. sure it's actually the money is going, as you were saying about, I don't even remember which wildlife situation that yeah. you were talking about, but I think you were talking about some wildlife situation where the money's going right back into Conservation, Conservation which yeah, is so yeah, which is critical. Um, yeah. I yeah. will kick myself if I didn't ask you about Africa and poaching. Yeah. Um, so just tell me about this before we close. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So what was your experience in Africa trying to prevent poaching of elephants, right? Yeah. In well, I mean, too. well, all you know, all animals. So yeah, we, were, I mean, we were literally visiting some of the people that that do this important work on the ground. Mm. So like um, the rangers. With the rangers, yeah. So okay. Care for Wild has their own ranger team in the largest rhino sanctuary mm-hmm. in the world. Um, Petronell. And where is this? In what country? This is in South Africa. South yeah, Africa. Yeah. So okay. so Petronell is she has she's like this adorable sweet lady but she is fierce so nice. she looks really sweet and she talks she has this very thick south african accent and uh-huh. i'm like oh who's this she's like she's like my hero this woman and i'm <laughs> What's like her name? petronelle petronelle yeah but she that's her is first name or her last that's name? her first name petronelle, yeah. petronelle. Her name like that. and she is fierce this huh. woman is yes and she's a protector of the rhinos and cool. i believe that's her calling but she she heads up the largest rhino sanctuary in south africa and it's um, next to kruger okay. and sadly they um, rescue all the babies from mm. the poaching crisis. So sure. sometimes the babies are laying next to their mother. The mother's horn oh is uh, taken off. Sometimes their face or faces are cut um, because the horn is in their their sure. nasal cavity, right? And it so, obviously kills them. It's, you, yeah, you they're, they rip they, their face off. Slow death, and they yeah. bleed out. It's just it's uh, the most horrific thing that you can possibly imagine. Wow. So the babies are laying there, and they and it's because they get the babies a, are just like 
Well, they basically they have nowhere to go. They have they're, nowhere to go. They're and just so, hoping their mom will live. Yeah, and it, yeah. They need their mom. They don't know that they're. They, I mean, they're what a couple months old, not even a couple Jesus. weeks old. So, thank God they're spotted. Um, they get a medevac, mm-hmm. and usually by helicopter. And take them to the sanctuary, and they're admitted. And usually, um, their eyes are are covered, you know, with mm-hmm. a. Um, I don't want to say it. Just I think a, I've seen a, that. Yeah, a little blindfold because they get spooked, and also they mm. have cotton in their ears mm. um, because they're babies. Sure, so you know, get all these new sounds and humans, anxiety. and they've never yeah. been around humans. And then, so after a couple of days, if not a week, you know, they do rem- remove the blindfold. And wow, um, they have to keep them on for a couple they, of weeks. I, well, it depends. It depends okay. on um, usually a couple of days. It depends on the situation. But um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say a couple of weeks. No, okay. I would say more like a couple of days. days um, I see. And then you know, it depends on what trauma they've had. Sometimes they're injured. You know. Mm. Sometimes mm-hmm. these ridiculous poaching, poach, whoever's going out there to kill, you know, they, they also hack at the babies mm. and there's severe injuries to these babies. Jesus. I mean, who, who could do that in their right yeah. mind? You have to be crazy yeah, baby to do that. So adorable. So yeah. So, such so, gentle, yeah. just precious creatures. And they're getting an influx of these baby rhinos. So, yeah. so they have an anti-poaching team that, that we were with there. That's just, they do, they do incredible work. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. We also visited David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust in Kenya. Um, they have their own rangers and anti-poaching unit, but they have people that walk through the forest mm-hmm. that are dedicated to each of these elephants and sometimes they're babies they're juveniles whatever mm-hmm. the elephant may be in, in whatever stage of life they're dedicated to those elephants and then they come and bottle feed them so they'll yeah. come and run out of the forest yeah, see how this one in the trailer there's a baby elephant that runs towards someone yeah. who's bottle feeding them yeah and there's a, they're so caretakers there's like a, yeah, yeah there's, there's a relationship there the yeah. elephants know that they're humans that are protecting absolutely them and, and, and and that's and that's you know of course was that elephant an orphan in. then so those elephants that come out of the forest are orphans yeah okay. or, or they're 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 yeah, their parents were killed, were killed for their ivory, yeah. which is ridiculous. And so, and then they come and, and they'll run out of the forest, but they form these groups. Mm-hmm, so these mm-hmm. orphan groups, um, and, and they become a family. And mm, so, but so they sweet. have a dedicated caretaker, especially when they're babies, they have to, they have to spend literally 24 hours a day with these animals. Cause that's what their mothers would do. Sure. Otherwise they'll die. Mm-hmm. So, and this is for like, we're talking years. This wow. isn't just like a yeah. couple months, you're bottle feeding a kitten or a puppy. This is literally yeah. a couple of years of your life that these people have to dedicate to saving yeah. these animals. So and this is it, the biggest bottle I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's the biggest bottle. And sometimes they wrap it's their like trunk a, around it and yeah, they're holding it's like it. A, it's not even uh, a bottle. It's like a, it's huge. It's like a trunk. A I know. Oh no, it is. Full it's, of milk. It's these are big babies. And they feed themselves too. Yeah. They know how Do to wrap that? their trunk. That's oh my so God. Funny. It's the cutest thing. But, they are so but cute. elephants Baby and rhinos. Oh my gosh. And, and you know, I wasn't a big rhino advocate until I met Shannon Elizabeth. She's an actress. She moved to South Africa. Beverly Hills. 90210? She was right? no, she did um oh, American Pie. Oh. That was what she was known for. I remember that. Really? <laughs> she's a I really think... beautiful uh, uh model or okay. actress in American no, Pie. I don't know but she well but she's a huge rhino activist. And, okay. and when I met her, she said, you know, they need they need attention, and this is mm. why. And I know you, you know, you love the big cats and you love the elephants, and she sure. really got me involved in Rhinos. rhino conservation. Yeah. And then she moved to South Africa full time. Wow, to, just to, to protect, protect the them. animals. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah. still, you know, acting a little bit here okay. and there, but but I love that you know, everyone that I know and, and become friends with in entertainment has a connection or a love for animals. Mm. So we have this interesting group of people that, um, that use their voices. Sure. You know, you know what's interesting? I, I know of a lot of actors who advocate for animals. Yeah. Um, and I know you're both an actor and a model. I can't think of any models. I think you're like the only model I know who advocates. <laughs> Joanna Krupa, my friend Joanna Krupa, she's okay. a creepy model. Yeah, I don't she, know. Her, yeah, yeah, I'm not that. But there's not many. I mean, there's. You're <laughs> right. Do you think that is. There's Why are not models? many. I don't know why. It, I think like, there's so many I actors I can think of. There's a lot of actors because I feel like acting is more about personality. You know, when mm. you're being a character and personality and, and modeling, it's. Uh, I think maybe. 
I don't, I don't know, actually. Maybe it's, it's because of the work, maybe the huh. jobs. Maybe they, the, some people are afraid to speak out on certain issues because yeah. they're afraid that they're not going to be hired. Yeah, that was, I, I, that's things. what I was wondering. I was wondering, is it because of leather and fur that they're going to be shunned or something? Well, I, I got uh, I got to be honest with you. I, I've only shared this with a couple of people. I got dropped from a major modeling agency because I would not, I would not, um, uh, yeah, wear any, uh, animal tester products, wouldn't wear fur. They didn't know how to market me. Wow. And, and, um, and this is when I was about 30, how old was I? In my thirties. Wow. In my thirties. That sucks. And I thought, you know what? That's so messed up. This is, this is, this is God saying, you know what? Yeah. Time to move on. Time to move on. And you're going to focus on the animals. And guess what? Like two years after everyone stopped selling fur. That's awesome. Everyone stopped selling yeah. for her. So right, uh, all, all the big along. designers and they, and I was like thinking, oh, you didn't, know how, to, you didn't know how to market agency? me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I call them out? Who are they? Oh, like, I can't. You I can't. Say I can't no, say it. I don't actually one, believe in call outs. It's one of the big mean. ones. But yeah, no, Be but nice, I, I, was really, I was really disappointed. I was like, yeah. you know what? No, that's messed up. I agree. You know, and then all of a sudden everyone's now Gucci and Armani. Everyone's for free. I'm like, and all the companies since we passed the cruelty-free cosmetics act, we had to for, no, I'm going to say, we kind of, I feel like the bill forced everyone's hand to now stop testing on animals yeah, for cosmetics awesome. because they're not going to just formulate for California. We're the fifth largest economy. They're going to have to formulate for every other state. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we did it here. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. And, I, and that's a power of legislation and it. We'll, yeah. We'll talk about that on another podcast. I'll have you on again. Yeah. 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 Gotten, There's like, so through, much to almost talk about. nothing on my list. Yeah. But the fact that we had passed that bill and AB 44, oh, the, the, the fur bill. There's so much. That, yeah. That was that a big everybody. And that was such a beautiful moment where the entire movement came together and it that really was, was a grassroots victory. There were so many people in those hearings. For sure. So many people testifying, so many people making phone calls. And there were a couple of very close votes that, you know, and, and a lot of shenanigans. Yeah. The fur industry, I don't know if you heard about this. You know, the fur industry was planning like people of color to accuse us of racism. What? No, I did not I'll know that. I'll send you an article later. Did but they had hired this. people of color. They're paying them secretly. What? To accuse us of racism. Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And the internet doesn't the surprise Sacramento me. They wrote about that. it because they knew this is the <clears> hot button issue that's going to scare these Democratic legislators and think, oh my gosh, if there's yeah. like people of color going to lose their jobs. And it was all bogus. It was all nonsense. That's crazy. But if not for the fact that we had some really enterprising activists, shout out to Julie Waldrop, who was actually one of the people who uncovered it because she found a Facebook group where people were talking about this openly. What? And talking about how the fact, hey, there's this like right-wing organization called Young Americans for Liberty that is that can you can get a job. All you have to do is testify on this day and this time. It happened to be the same day and time as our hearing. And she was like, this is a little weird. And she looked at some of the Facebook profiles, the Mm. people who are posting these things. And it was the people showing up to say like, I'm a Native American and this is in violation of my traditions and my people's values. And if you believe in protecting indigenous people, you have to vote against this bill. You gotta be kidding me. And it was all people getting paid. I did not know this. I'll send you a couple articles about it. It's really All right, let me know. Okay, last question about Africa is... Did you interact with poachers at all? And what was because um, no, we did not. No, 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 no. Okay, but no. You, went, you were out there with rangers. We were out there with rangers. Okay. So yeah, in theory, yeah, yeah. you could have. Poachers well, we could have, they, and 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 likely they probably were out there. Um, okay. Thank God we didn't encounter any. But because if they encounter you, then it's like uh, God a knows what will happen. Yeah, right? I, that's what happens. I mean, not all the time. It depends. Yeah, it but depends. Sometimes Some, it's just like a basic war zone. Or at sometimes that point they're arrested, or sometimes yeah. they're apprehended by the were rangers. So so were you scared when you're out there with the rangers that a poacher, like a group of poachers? Because my understanding is a lot of rangers die. Like, don't a lot of them get shot in the Congo? Killed? They have, yeah, okay. yeah. Our friend Anthony's in the Congo, and he's lost like, like a good amount of his wow. guys. It's because there's been a civil war going on there yeah. for a very long time. And because the there's Congo. so much money to be made, so these these poachers yeah. are well, it's, they're well, well armed. It, it, it's well, not like they've the, got like the poachers you know, are funding bows and arrows. The they've got yeah. yeah. Well, the problem is, is it's not just the poachers; it's the uh, terrorist organizations. Mm. So like Al Shabaab and, and yeah, because they know they can make money off of well, this. Well, that's how they're making their mm-hmm, money, mm-hmm. and that's how they're getting the illegal arms. And it's terrifying. You, it's terrible. It's terrible, especially in the Congo. So yeah. that's a very dangerous 
dangerous area. Yeah. Um, but so what did uh, you do to prepare for this? I mean, did you so, have to get like self-defense training or did you learn to use a I mean, gun I've always, I've always kind of been good with self-defense, sure. which is good, but, um, but we felt pretty safe because the Rangers were like armed. Well armed. So, okay. so, you know, and they know those areas. So we we're, we were following them, okay. you know, and, and I did like, it was more, I didn't, wasn't so concerned about the the uh, poachers uh-huh. as I was about there could be an elephant hiding in the bushes that might charge mm. us or there could be a sure. lion or there could be, your... you know, because you don't know, like some of the animals, yes, you know, they, they know that they're there to protect them, but sure. also, you know, you don't know. You don't know mm. if an animal had a bad experience with yeah. somebody and they may think that we're there to harm them. So, so you have to be really kind of, you always have to be really hyper aware of your surroundings mm-hmm. when you're in Africa. Cause you just don't know there yeah. could be an animal. So the, I was more concerned about, um, possibly getting charged or possibly getting, mm. yeah. Okay. By an animal rather than the, it all the, sounds the, scary the because, because we were protected. Cause you know, sure. we had, uh, several, several guys around us with guns Yeah. <laughs> at all times. Yeah. Wow. Everywhere we went. Yeah. And so. the last thing you want, especially as an animal rights person is to go out there and then get into Oh, you know, deadly situation with an animal. That would be scary. Yeah, that would be tragic be for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, we've been talking for a while. Yeah, I mean, so we should I probably know, wrap this I know. up. And I want to yeah. end with this question. You've gone through a lot of adversity, seen a lot of suffering yeah. firsthand. You've seen some of the devastation to endangered species firsthand. What's what's a lesson you've learned about how to, to stay positive and stay moving forward in a world yeah. that often fe- seems pretty hopeless. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It, it does seem pretty doom and gloom right now, mm-hmm. especially with, you know, with what's going on with the COVID, war and Ukraine, Ukraine. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, and I do believe that will end. Yeah. I've been praying for that to end. Um, Good. just that, that terrible suffering that, um, that is happening there, um, because of what Putin's doing is yeah. just so unnecessary and it need, and yeah, it will end. And I, and I believe that, um, you know, the Ukrainians are strong and they're yeah, resilient yeah. and they are fighting and sure. to save that country. And I believe that they will. Yeah. And we're right, we're right behind them. Sure. So, um, but that aside, I, I, I truly believe there's always more work to do. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, you point out the amazing things that, that you've seen if you witness in the miracles that happen mm-hmm. every day. And I, I do look back at like, wow, well, we saved that animal. And if mm-hmm. I could do that, then we could do this. And it's in all of my animals, my 11 animals that I've rescued. It's a lot. Trust me. It's full time. But they really helped me. They and they helped me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, just looking at them and saying, "Okay, all right, let's. We got to feed all you guys, and it's <laughs> like let's wait your turn." And you know, it's really them helping me. Get, yeah. and, and just like you know, cuddling with them at night and watching yeah. TV and and just. Um, do your animals watch TV moments. with you? Sometimes they do. they do. Like if there's an animal, I catch them. Like their head will pop up and be like, "Was yeah. that a, another cat? Is that what a dog? Was that? Yeah, yeah. was that? But Are you no. cheating on me? Are <laughs> you thinking about adopting another dog? No. <laughs> They're so cute. You never know. You never but know. Uh, but yeah, no. It's just there's always more work to do, and and I've seen. Um, such good work from so many good people and people do want to help and they, and they do want to be of aid and they do mm. want to help animals. So I, I truly believe and I'm surrounding myself with a lot of those good people that, mm. that are, and I've actually made a pact that I only want people in my life that are doing something for the greater good. And it doesn't mm. necessarily have to be animals, sure. even though that's my mission. Um, they have to be doing something for the greater good, good. Yeah. not for just for selfish reasons. Sure. Cause we're in a business that is very selfish with mm. entertainment, you know, uh, it, it truly is mm. unless you use it for something greater. Mm. Right. So, um, that helps me and in, in my faith in God and, mm. and prayer and knowing that I'm here for a mission mm. and I have to complete that mission. And it's, it's to be a voice for the voiceless. Wonderful. Well, it's beautiful advice. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It. And thank you for this conversation. Thank it was you. a lot of fun. Oh yes. That was great. Very educational <laughs> and, and powerful. For, thank you. For thank you. Thank you. Who heard this conversation. Thank you. Um, 
Yeah. We got keep, a lot more to talk about, so maybe yeah. another time. Keep, hey, a, keep a lookout for uh, for why on and earth. Actually, yeah. just tell us a little bit more about where you can find out about the documentary. And, yeah. You know, is it on Instagram? Is it on Facebook? When's yeah. it going to come out? What, yeah, check what, it out. Where can people or, find out about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the trailer on Instagram, Facebook, okay. and Twitter, um, why on earth uh, why film. On earth? And, uh, and, and follow World Animal News. We do breaking okay. news every day in animal welfare, peace for animals. And, okay. uh, and we're working on selling the documentary now. So Wonderful. fingers crossed. So it could come out sometime in the next few months. I'm even? hoping. I'm hoping. Right. We got to, you know, right. ask well, for a miracle. I'll definitely <laughs> send praying. it out to, to our mailing list when yeah, it comes please. out. Yeah, please. You know, I'll be watching it. Thank you. And, and thank you so much for sharing and for all the hard work you did in, in making that documentary. Thank into you. Okay? Three and a half years. Oh. All right. Thanks, Katie. God bless. Take yeah. care. We'll see you all next time. Bye bye. So that conversation went in a very different direction than I expected it to, and uh, but it was incredibly gratifying. And I learned a lot, not just about Katie, but about a belief system, uh, a demographic so different than my own. And I found it really gratifying. I hope you did too. But what's even more gratifying is the changes that are coming in my life. And, and as I said at the start of this podcast, if you haven't gotten plugged into the mailing list to this new project I'm launching, please do so. It's called The Simple Heart on Substack. The name might change within a matter of days. So sign up now so you can say I was in it <laughs> when it was still called The Simple Heart. Uh, but more importantly, just stay connected and reach out if you have any questions or concerns or thoughts about what we can do to create a more connected and a, a more kindness-filled world. One way we can do that is just to show gratitude for the people who help us, though. And big shout out to Shalola Fakis, who's editing this podcast. Priya Sahani, who's helped me record a bunch of podcasts and is actually about to take another trip with me to go hang out with a sociologist at Stanford and record a podcast with me on the research on social change that's been coming out of places like Stanford over the last few years. Ronnie Rose, the co-executive producer, uh, Crystal Heath and Julie Waldrop, and so many other people who support this podcast. And as usual, if you like this podcast, share it with a friend or rate it on whatever app you're using. I actually don't even know why that matters, but I hear other podcasts hosts saying it. So I'm going to say it too. So please rate it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever app you're using. It'll, it'll uh, hopefully uh, encourage other people and, and facilitate other people hearing more about this podcast too. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time.